fanficmedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. With hosts Christiana Ellis, Jute Schubert, Vivid Muse, and Nookchus. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Beyond the Wall, Season 6. Uh, tonight we're discussing Episode 2 of Game of Thrones titled Home. With no spoilers past the currently aired episodes, I'm Chooch, and as always, we're joined by Christiana. Hello, everybody. And if you hear little dog noises, it's because I've got an impatient little dog. Uh, I think she'll be okay, but right now she thinks she needs attention. Right. Uh, hello to uh, Nutty. Hello. Hodor. <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> God. <laughs> Gonna get a lot of use out of that tonight. And hello to my vivid muse. Hi, sweetie. Hi, guys. And uh, I think everybody saw the intro there. Uh, let me bring it up again. Is our new logo artwork designed by Natalie Metzger or the Fuzzy Slug? Yay! If you're just listening in audio, of course, you should probably what check out specficmedia.com maybe or for... the ID three art. Yeah, all that too. Yeah, he's setting it this week. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is, we went from, well, for people that are on audio and can't see it quite this second, um, don't, you know, if you're on the road, don't look away. Please. Last, the last logo was us on the wall since it was beyond the wall. And now we're even further beyond. We're at the, the mm-hmm. tree where the brand is with a three-eyed raven. And uh, so we've updated our little characters. We've got some updated hair happening <laughs> some updated pets happening and in the background we've got uh pg hanging out with leaf mm-hmm. he's one of the children of the forest right yep yeah she did a great job Go really away. just love working love with it. her she's just consummate professional and so creative absolutely a uh, quick uh, news bit we've already have 10 entries <laughs> With our, our, our contest this year. Nice. We've gotten stuff come in from YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and the website on, uh, uh, and direct direct emails. So coming in and, all over the place. And live. And what? live. Yep. And live. The, the and Q&A. live, yes. Um, well, one of the entries actually did multiple entries. She... um. Talon from Germany, who who has in the past has written us some. Um, she had done the same comment in multiple places and said, "By the way, where would you prefer to have comments?" <laughs> and uh, so this we were specifically gearing towards Facebook. So yeah, that's the easiest place. Facebook page, please. Yeah. And if, thank if, you. Yeah. But whatever's easiest for you, the listener. Absolutely. Honestly. The only but, reason I prefer Facebook is because it kind of opens a conversation sometimes that leads to like a deeper conversation when we have the discussion. But yes, please, any way that's easy for you works for us. We just love to hear from people, especially you coming back again. <laughs> um, so I had actually missed um, Talon's excuse me, email last week when it would have been relevant. We had a couple other ones this week, uh, comments uh, directly emailed in, but 
I'm thinking we should probably wait towards the end. Um, yeah. Do, 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 okay. Do, 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 and get our thoughts in first. Okay. That way, if anybody writes about something that we covered, we don't have to dwell on it too much. Mm-hmm. I think. Us dwell? Yeah. <laughs> that never happens. We do have uh, Jennifer Fuss in the uh, Q and A. Hey. Saying, hey okay, smiley face. Totally wow. fine. Anime smiley face. <laughs> Made it. I think it's quite late where she's at. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So the uh, this episode, episode two, the oh, we're gonna do general. Overall opinions, my general overall opinion was it felt a bit rushed. Not necessarily a bad thing. You can tell that they're just really setting a lot of things in motion. So it felt a little rushed to me. Uh, How about you, Viv? I I, I don't know that I feel... I think I just... My words are different. It was totally action-packed. We got a lot of information... Um, on top of the information we got last week, um, it was definitely a lot more action in this, and a lot, you know, seeing faces we hadn't seen yet, and re- learning so much. Um, I, I liked the pacing of it. it. It was, I think, a good pace after last week's. Cool. How about you? Do you know me? I'm easy to please. <laughs> I love. I just love what they're doing, anyways. Christiana. Uh, well, it's funny because uh, when. Uh, I had just watched it, and then my friend Mike is on uh, hes on Central Time, so he's watching an hour after me. And so he sends me uh, a message um, related to some, uh, some of the events happening mid-episode when I knew he was still watching. And just my uh... thought at that point, just thinking back on it, was just like, this season is not wasting time, man. They are just... They are in a hurry to get things moving. Yeah. Um, so I de- it's, it's kind of the same idea as saying that it's rushed, but kind of from a different perspective um, in the sense that I like I, it didn't feel too fast for me. It felt like instead of screwing around and taking a long time for things to happen, they're, they're moving. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that every single thing is handled perfectly necessarily, but I kind of like that Stuff's moving. Wheels are turning. There are things happening in the story, and it's not just let's sit around and talk more about the stuff that we know already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ready? I didn't think it was rushed. I think um, it was just action-packed. It was a lot of stuff going on. There were probably some of the best things that it, that this show has ever done in this episode, along with the worst things this show has ever done. And they mm. seem to do that a lot. They give us something <laughs> really, really horrible, and they pair it with something amazing. Yes, yeah. um, they've got that down. That one-two punch. What one thing I'll I'll add is just the the part of the episode that was not rushed was <laughs> lingering shots of Jon Snow being dead. Yeah, they, I I at a rough estimate I guess that it took about 18 minutes of the episode was just just still shots of him being dead on the table. That's a rough estimate. Might Sounds about right. And, yeah, that that is probably where there was the most lag on the episode. It was just looking at Jon Snow. Well, it was... I That 
that whole sequence, uh, I mean, we'll discuss it in more detail, but I, I was laughing in that sequence. Not because I found, like, the, the story context funny, but because I felt like the way it was being done was literally the showmakers trolling everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and we can totally. get maybe more into that later, but that's definitely yeah. how I felt watching the scene was, like... They are screwing with us here. <laughs> yeah. They're messing with us. Yeah. Um, jumping in straight from the title sequence, it was changed up a bit. Um, changed from last season and actually changed from the first episode. Um, mm. We got Pike back on the map and Dorn yep. was removed from the map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that says something about the storyline or if they're going to just try to stay a little more current i think don't they change it every episode with where they're going to be though sometimes that seems like they leave it there for a long time even though they might we might see somewhere else i i wonder if that's just because historically the show has just spent long times in certain locations and so maybe that's how it felt but they always kind of I, I suspect there's some inconsistency in terms of how they handle it and like what they decide to change in any given um, episode. But yeah, just given that this this episode didn't have anything in Dorne and it did, it, it because we're going back to Pike for the first time since what season three, mm-hmm. it made sense to me that we would need to see that on the map. Yeah, if I remember, if I remember right. Um... They had been to Dorne once or twice and been to Bravos once or twice before each of them made it to the map. Though mm-hmm. this is coming back, not mm-hmm. brand new. So I, we needed yeah. an extra reminder for people to remember where that was and what was what was that place. And just visually, a reminder. Oh yeah, that's that place that has those weird, funky bridges that seem super dangerous <laughs> and so precarious. Yeah, foreshadow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess before before we go too far into it, I guess I just mm-hmm. I'm curious to know: Am I the only one that does not read the actors' names? I spe- I specifically was like blocking out the zones that they were going to in the intro, as well as the actor names. Like I didn't want to know. Kit Harrington is definitely going to be in this episode because I knew he was going to be it anyway. So we're going to show him no matter what, whether he was dead and stayed dead in the resurrection or whatever didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I see other people are like, "Oh, why are you surprised? His name was right there." And the and but I mean, like, it was gonna be there no matter what. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to get my hopes up one way or the other. It was almost like I didn't even want to spoil myself as the show was starting. <laughs> Do you guys uh, pay that much attention to it? I don't. I don't read them. I mean, like, I don't block them out. I guess I just really just don't even look at them. I, it, mm-hmm. They do not even register for me. I'm always looking at the, the visuals in the background and really just don't even ever notice the names. But that said, I'm I'm on your side that it just his name being there could have still been him as a dead body on the table. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But the other element is, I mean. Like, I don't want to, this is not like a told you so, like I guessed it or something. I was so sure he was going to come back. There was really no doubt in my mind at all. If it turned out that they were not bringing him back, I would have been stunned. (laughs) Agreed. Especially as popular a character he is on the show. Forget George's storyline. There was such horror and an outcry from the fans. It's like, 
you best bring him back. It's like a soap opera. You better figure out how to attach that head back to that body because the fans want that character back. <laughs> it will be so. Mm. Um, I think... I think this week again will work pretty much to go more or less uh, location. I think mm-hmm. Castle Black is the only one that was revisited, and it's not like we need that, need to save that spoiler for mm-hmm. the end or anything. But we yeah. started <laughs> Under the Tree with Bran and the Three Eyed Raven viewing yes. the past. So the, the thing talking about there's going to be a lot of flashbacks. I see this is how it's going to happen, it appears, how we're going to get them. I was so happy about so many things in this sequence. One was, uh, what's her face? Is Leaf the name of the child yeah. of the forest? That's that's yeah. her name? I guess I didn't ever register that she had a name. Same as not reading the actor names. But, um, <laughs> I looked it up in honesty when we were looks, doing the design. It looks so much better this time uh, yeah. compared to the way they had her look at the end of, I guess it was season four that mm-hmm. we saw her before. Um, but I, I think she looks better, the, the character design. Um, as for the Three-Eyed Raven, um, I don't necessarily like the look better, but the actor is awesome, so having him inside <laughs> out uh, be him. But then also, yeah, you're right, just like having them actually look at the past and seeing, uh, you know, Bran and Benjen and... and Willis Ne Hordor and, uh, and and Leon. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, Leanna, especially yeah. that's not going to get know, old. <laughs> some of that stuff is very exciting for book readers, just because one of the things that the show has lacked. This is not even spoilers, but one of the things that the show has lacked is some of the times when characters would just think about what they knew about the past which is hard to show in the television show. Right. And so getting glimpses of that story is something that I think people who have only watched the show just really never got some of that added depth, and I'm so I'm excited yeah. to have some of it get covered. I actually came across um, something that um, PG had written. I, can't, I think it was in Google Plus or something, that he loved the way that... Uh, George R. R. Martin would write flashback scenes, and he even he said something about a flashback within a flashback in a way that only George R. R. Martin could write for this series. And you're right, seeing that kind of a cheat flashback was just, I mean, seeing Leanna alive and vibrant and smart and beautiful and... It was like, it was a moment I never thought I'd see from the books, you know, it's like, she's dead, that's it, you know, and it's like, she's so vibrant, and it just made made that whole Robert's Rebellion and everything just make more sense, because she's not just a dim trophy wife, she's like a vibrant woman, you know, that was, mm-hmm. that started the whole thing, and... Sorry, I, I, not, not, I, I was think, I was noticing first of all that she hadn't said anything in a couple of places where I thought she would, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, hopefully she'll will get her back shortly. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so I didn't mean to interrupt with uh, what you were saying, Viv. But uh, yes, I agree. I think it's so great to just see Liana depicted, kind of in you know, in some ways. I think we're we're meant to see her as reminiscent of uh, Arya or the way Arya yeah. might be at that age. Yeah. And I'm excited too just because 
I, I would have guessed it just from this episode, but then there's confirmation um, in the scenes from next time that we're not done seeing these past flashbacks. Yeah. And I suspect yeah. that um, we wouldn't be seeing them unless they're going to turn out to be relevant to the current present day story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, yeah was, it was. Sorry. No, I, I just was appreciating um, Nettie's rebooting. She's got a spinning ball right now, but she's trying mm -hmm. to join the callback. Um, it was very. It was just so charming. I thought that the actors that portrayed Ned and Benjen and and Hodor Willis and you know seeing how well the children, the younger actors, picked up on the mannerisms of the way that the actors were portraying those characters. You know, even down to that mouth thing that Hodor does. The younger Hodor Willis did that too and it was like oh that's you know I wouldn't have thought does he do the Hodor lip thing but as soon as he did it I recognized that as something that the actor for the older the you know the Hodor that we've known up till now does and it was just so utterly charming and endearing that you can understand why Brandon want to leave so mm -hmm. my first note for this scene by the way like my first note for anything for this whole episode is and I don't know if you can see that, but big bold Hodor. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited to see it. I was excited to see old Nan again. I was excited. Oh Nan! <laughs> exactly. I I love that his name is Willis. I feel like we may have known that from the books. I'm not sure though. Um, but Willis is like a name that shows up throughout yeah. the books. Um, yeah. One thing that George does that other authors do, you know, writing advice always says, don't reuse character names because then people get confused. Yeah. But his notion is, that's not realistic. People yeah. name people after people and that in this story, there's so many people with the same name. And I, I just thought that was just really neat. Yeah. And, uh, I, I love the whole scene, but I, I loved I loved seeing that about Hodor, and I can't imagine that they would show us Hodor, show us Hodor talking, and not ever get back into what happened. Mm. And I loved that you know they mentioned he's got John's blood. Yeah, I'm sure um, it's coming. I I may be mistaken, but what I vaguely remembered thinking that I knew from the books. <laughs> Was that his name was he was another Walder because like there's a million Walders right but that uh, that the prevailing theory for why he he only said Hodor was that he was kicked by a horse but that seemed to be ha you know have been um, said like like third hand like right it wasn't from someone who was there it was so it it could be that there was something else to it but at least I wasn't aware of the possibility that it might be more to it but this scene definitely seems to like call attention to that in in a way that makes me think it might actually come up again mm -hmm. like I I would not be a bit surprised if part of the thread of these um, flashbacks um, leads to it turning out that um, Willis prior to whatever happens uh, does something really awesome and heroic right and um I, I one thing I'm really excited about this uh, aspect, the fact that we're going to be able to see through Brand's eyes actual history is the other thing about this story is, especially in the books, it's all unreliable narrators. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's all how people remember things. 
yeah. not how they are. Well, yeah, but that's any history book, you know. Exactly, and that's that's kind of the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in 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 some instances, you hear somebody has one take on, you know, for instance, Leanna being kidnapped, and then later you'll find out that somebody else has a completely different take on Leanna not being kidnapped but running away. Um, and so it, I, this is really exciting to me. Mm -hmm. I, I think one of the things that it has kind of been, of all the stuff that's in the book that I, I really would never have ex expect to be in the show at all just because it would be pretty much impossible to do, um, is the way that the books very gradually rehabilitated Rhaegar. Uh, Rhaegar Targaryen, um, uh, the son of the Mad King, uh, who was then killed in a battle by King Robert. Prior, when, and that's when, during the Roberts Rebellion, when, and so on. But uh, in the books, there's this really interesting thread where, at the beginning, he's everyone we hear from basically thinks he's a monster. Um, and no better than his dad, and just you know all of that sort of thing. He was a vanquished bad guy, is the way he was thought of at first. But the over the course of the books, the more different people we have remembering him, it starts seeming like maybe he was actually a really great guy. He was not like his dad, but he was put in a tough situation. And then there's definitely something going on with Leanna that we don't have the full story of. Yeah. So and by I the way, I looked it up. <laughs> I looked it up, and uh, Hodor's name in the books is Walder, and, I, and that opens up the whole thing about how he's part Frey. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I'm assuming they tried, they decided not to just make Walder everywhere in the show because yeah. of confusing. Big Walder, <laughs> you know, little Walder, and uh, making that extra confusing because the big Walder is actually the one that's big and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Or, yeah. One thing that I really liked with, you know, we've been, I have been whining like a pain in the butt like crazy but about where's Bran, I need an update, where's Bran, where's Bran, and, you know, it's kind of like the Harry Potter conundrum, Daniel Radcliffe aging faster than Harry Potter did and faster than they could film the series, but I think that the break and the deeper voice and... <laughs> different fate. He's Bran has gone through puberty, or at least definitely gotten a good start on it. He's changed so much, but I think that that actually fits with his time in the tree because we're not really clear yet. I don't think on how long he's been there, but he's gone through so much change since the last time we saw him. It's just it's it's visible not just physically but in his whole manner and even the way he talked to Mira was more assertive than he did when he you know before season before the end of season four so I think I think it was really well however they worked it out I think it worked beautifully that lapse in time with him gone mm -hmm. yeah um, and I was one, ready to be pissed <laughs> the one thing that kind of like. I, I'm not really bothered by it exactly, but both Bran and the Three-Eyed Raven look like they just got haircuts. And so <laughs> I kind of just, it seems like that's a little weird. I almost think it would have been cool to have Bran look just like he did in the flashback, and then when we see him wake up in his real body, he's like super shaggy. and mm. That would have been cool, yeah. Um, 
But uh, you know, I at the same time, it's you know, it's a visual medium. They want to have the characters look nice, and so. Well, I mean, it, I, let's be honest. Having just gone through puberty, a beard would be just like a couple of long hairs. Oh, I don't think that necessarily, that. but just like yeah. even the rest of his hair. Oh, the shaggy hair. Like, yeah. Well, and then Max von Sydow. I mean, like, he, he just walked well, out know, of great clips or something. Hoder's there. He takes care of him. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not, I like it. I, was, I mean, if John gets a bath because he's dead, certainly <laughs> Bran can get a bath when he's alive. Yeah. So, um, can I? Uh, uh, a very fair also point. Yeah. How awesome it was to see Jory's fa- weird facial hair at the beginning stages in the flashback. Did you guys notice? Oh, I, yeah. I didn't notice. Oh, the Swordmaster. It was Jory Cassell, and he had those weird, like, reverse goat patches. Would it be that... Jory, though, or would it be Roderick? Oh, sorry, Roderick. My my yeah. bad. Wrong person. Oh, Jory's the... I missed he was, that. He was, I think Somewhere. Jory was younger. Yeah. He was, yeah. like, Ned's age, I thought. Yeah, Roderick is who I meant. Because yeah. in the first huh. season, he, he had this really long beard that came from the side and then tied under yep. his face yeah. mm-hmm. and then he had to shave it. So yeah. Now mm-hmm. honestly I would not have been able to pull that name out except the fact that Theon actually mentions him later in he does. Scene. It does. No, I didn't miss that. I'll have to go watch it a fourth time. <laughs> yeah. Wild. See, I was curious how far they're gonna go back with these or if this like sets the the time or if they're gonna jump back and forth, you know um, in the mm-hmm. past, um, like are they going to um, go before the wall or something? I don't know, um, but I think that at least in the scenes from next time bit, I mean, you know, you could potentially call that spoilery, but they aired it with this episode. So, and all I'm going to say is that it looks like the flashback we get then has advanced to Ned being like a grown-up. Yeah, you know, still young, but not. You know, it, it's been years since the one we saw this episode. So it seems mm-hmm. like they are going to be skipping around. Maybe not back and forth, but at least ahead. And uh, one thing I do want to mention, um, because we're never going to get it, because uh, Theon's story has moved on. Um, in the books, when Bran is going back, he actually goes back to the heart tree, and he sees Theon in the godswood, and Theon's trying to decide what to do. And he says Theon's name, and Theon hears it, but mm-hmm. doesn't know. It's like a, like a whisper on the wind or something, and it's almost like he influenced him in mm-hmm. a way uh, to, to make the right decision to save Jane. And so we're not going to get that, but I just thought it would be it was interesting to to bring up that yeah. uh, it was it was it was a very neat thing that we're not going to be able to see. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I had a piece of feedback. Um, actually, on the Q&A, we had uh, Taylor and Jennifer Fuss in the q and said, hey, I'm actually Taylor and I have a bank holiday tomorrow. So in Germany, where it is very quite late, <laughs> she has a good reason for being up. <laughs> she gets to sleep in. Um, nice. I had a piece of feedback from uh, uh, Sheriff Bullock. And I'm not going to read through the whole thing. He echoes some of what we were saying. He's concerned about these flashbacks, worried that it could be just a time filler that isn't necessarily going to go somewhere. Um, How will this inform the story as it concerns us today? Um, But I think he makes a good point. 
um, we can learn a lot of important information that was lost when we lost Ned and uh, Robert when they both died. So this is a way to get that stuff back. The only thing that comes to mind is the identity of Jon Snow's mother, which I think is a pretty clear plot thing that would be applicable Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely something that was established as a mystery very early on in the, the show and never really resolved. Mm-hmm. Because on the one hand, we did have Ned tell Robert that it was just a milkmaid, I think, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we also had Ned imply to John that there was something more to the story, and I will tell you the very next time I see you. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> And then, uh, so so that's definitely one mystery that seems like a likely thing for us to be able to learn in a flashback that would be relevant now. Um, but then also, I mean, there's a couple of other things that we really don't know much about. Like, obviously, um, even we're, we're talking about the time period in which Daenerys, as an infant, had to flee with her brother Viserys from, you know, from uh, King's Landing, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, Dragonstone. Oh, okay. okay. Well, uh, wherever they were wherever. Uh, at the time. Um, so, but to be sure, like, it's that time period, too. So there, there might be something going on with that as well. Yep. Totally. Oh, well, and, you know... It, uh, in the Q&A, Tibby uh, has uh, mentions a theory too, which I'll, I'll go ahead and read because I don't think it's spoilery. He says, any thoughts on the theory Tyrion Lannister is actually the son of Aerys Targaryen, and so perhaps the third dragon rider, his interaction with the dragon seems to point to it. I, that's So that theory... I think has no basis within the show so far. That's not to say they couldn't go that direction, but I don't think the show has done anything to suggest that. Right. There's, it, I think it's a stretch even in the books, which again is not to say that it is impossible. See, but and I was going to actually bring that up when we discussed Tyrion, because I realized something that actually gives that theory water. I have long been against the idea that Tyrion is a secret Targaryen and that if any of the Lannisters are Targaryens, it's uh, Cersei and Jaime because I thought it would just be more poetic. Uh, well, because... and then the whole twins thing is yeah. a running theme with the Targaryens too. Exactly, exactly. And there's long been uh, theories and discussions about whether or not um, uh, Tywin could actually produce offspring and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I thought it would be very poetic that Tyrion would be uh, Tywin's only real heir. Yeah. But something does happen, and uh, I think we can just save it for when we get to Tyrion. Um, yeah. But there, something happens that in this episode that makes me go, oh, okay, wait a minute, this might actually hold water. So. <laughs> It never occurred to me. I didn't watch for it. I didn't catch a thing. <laughs> the thing is, other I, than the physical changes, and that not—I mean, you know—the the differences that he has. I think that, it, especially if we're talking about the show and limiting it to the show, you would have to be leaning way into it to to pick up on this theory. Because even at even least at as this it point. stands, I think even thinking about it in this frame framework, you, you still have to kind of squint your eyes and and lean in just like, uh, maybe. 
but that's not to say it couldn't be true. I'm just saying that the show has not really given us. Um, yeah, they'll have to catch us up. In the way of uh, clues to support that, the books have more, but still nothing definitive. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, and it's it's could be just interpretations. Yeah, I do want to go back though. I don't. Um, I think it was Sheriff. Bullock, and I, I frequently agree with him, but I don't think that the flashbacks are a time waster at all. I think it's almost like like um, total fan service, like who read the books and didn't go Hodor swoon, you know? I mean, just like he's talking and he's clever because he knew that, that, that fighting technique, and it was just, you know, it was totally... I wish it could have lasted longer. Like Bran, I was like, I don't want to leave either. It was well, just and there's there's so, so much beautiful. we can dissect from that also because he actually picks up a sword, whereas in modern day <coughs> the idea of picking up a sword will make him cry. Yeah, <coughs> he's so afraid of violence now. Mm, right. Oh, um. <laughs> yeah, I remember it was uh, I guess season four. Somebody had said if he ever learned to fight, he'd be unstoppable. I don't remember who it was who said it, but it mm -hmm. was echoed. Again. Yeah. Nan I said it last time. Oh, maybe it was. It was before Bran Ward. She's Worden. also the one who said uh, he's got giant's blood in him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, That's when right. she saw him naked. <laughs> in, in the, yeah, you know, and it's both of those are, I think you're, you're right on both counts that it was Osha that said both of those things um, as opposed to it uh, being Ned. Yeah. Or I think I think Benjamin said he's got giant's blood in him because the implication was I don't want to have to spar with him because he's got giant's blood in him <laughs> yeah. and I'm scared. Um, but I think it was also Ned saying to Nan if he learned how to fight he'd be unstoppable because she was trying to say no he can't. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I I I like the flashbacks. I'm very happy to see the flashbacks, and I am excited to find out what the impact of the modern, the current story is going to be, because I'm certain there will be one. Now a little and, um, a little out of the episode. There's been uh, not speculation. There's been actual interviews where the producers have said that the last two seasons are probably going to be truncated. That one's probably only going to be seven episodes, one's going to be six. They said where they're at right now in the writing process, they feel like after this season's complete, there's really only 13 episodes left. Oh. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so they would mm -hmm. split that into two seasons. So I could see them using this as something to accelerate things to get exposition in and a, a really uh, a, a way that really pays off you know getting to see these characters come alive um as younger or characters that we've never seen we've only heard of being able to see them if they go way back you know mm -hmm. so yeah but i mean I do you really think that hbo is going to let go of the cash cow i mean maybe this is also setting the scene for like another series of characters at different ages because the history that that George wrote is so very rich and the religions in my opinion are so very rich that they could do a whole just spin-off series practically of it. Mm -hmm. no, then they said, but you know, we'll, know we'll make it clear either. we're not done writing, we'll make it clear so it could, you never know, but right now yeah. this is where we're at and this is what it looks like. Yeah. Um, so. I I would all, like I'm I'm open to the idea of maybe there being a spin-off series or something to tell about a different time period or whatever. Yeah. But I also I think that there are a lot of shows that were great but 
ultimately tarnished by running too long. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I did want to note is when um, I believe it's Leaf says to Mira, he isn't going to stay here forever. Mm, yeah. Which, yeah. when I read the books, I thought that's Bran's destination. He's not going anywhere. So yeah. that was a huge surprise to me. Same here, because, I mean, the three eyed raven is like grown into the tree. Like, mm -hmm. he's not going yeah. anywhere. Certainly not physically. Yeah, and I thought that the whole deal was that like brands being traced, you know, tapped to ultimately replace this guy is my question. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. whole thing of like you won't walk, but you will fly. I thought was just like metaphorical in terms of you're going to be working into all sorts of stuff, um, and you know, and seeing through it. But I, I, yeah, I had always assumed that he was basically there forever. Oh, well, I mean, you know, it's just, I'm, I wasn't rooting for that exactly. I know, I know. It's yeah. just a sad thought. I, yeah. I thought it was a great thought because he was going to become um, this epic figure, this supernatural figure that Oracle. is... Yeah, the Oracle. He, he was going to replace the... In, in my mind, he was going to replace the Three-Eyed Raven and be the next generation of the living person within the tree and he would have access to the past and the future, and he would see the world mm. and, and be part of the magic of the world and essentially live, maybe not forever, but a lot longer than he ever would as just a human and be able to do so much more. Like, I saw it as such an uplifting thing that mm -hmm. I was rooting for this. Yeah, like it was his, his destiny. Yeah. Like that was, that was just... like the way to be free of... Of his physical limitations. Yeah. <laughs> in a sense, yeah, but it's also a life in isolation. And mm -hmm. he was he was vibrant before the fall. He wanted to climb things. He wanted to be, be out and doing things and with other people. And it just it sounds, I mean, sure, you've got access to all the knowledge of the known universe, but if he never sees another human again, yeah. you know, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I thought it was, it was that was definitely a bombshell to me in the sense of oh, was it's not only is it a maybe it's it's a oh there seems to be a plan he is definitely not going to, hmm. um, but then again it also might be that they're just foreseeing a Luke Skywalker le leaving Dagobah early sort of deal. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe. Um, but I also just liked uh, a check in with Mira. And yeah. a recognition of, like, she doesn't really have a lot to do while he's doing all of these visions. Um, and just given what we know of her character, that would be, like, not only is she she lost her brother, but now she has nothing to do but sit around and think about it all day. Yep. No one else to talk to. While she's me. staring at the place that he died. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She's got a right to be bitter, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ready to jump into Castle Black? Yes. Yeah, it's uh, time to come out. They're, the guys are holed up, the ones who are uh, loyal to John. And, uh, oh, I lost my place. <laughs> Davos knows just what to say. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible sword or whatever. So, so sorry you have to see this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to ask a question, and yeah. this this ties into some of the other stuff he does too. 
that I'm a little bit unsure about. I continue to love Davos deeply, but two things that he does on John's behalf that like first of all he's willing to basically fight to the death on John's behalf like not even to save John but like well could, you know kind of sort of to save John because maybe he thinks Melisandre can bring him back but but also later engaging Melisandre and not even just asking her the question but having to talk her into it yeah to all to save John her. when I'm just feeling like, okay, yeah, he liked and respected John, but he's kind of going above and beyond here yeah. in a way that didn't entirely feel earned to me. I, I agree. Think, I think what we're seeing is possibly maybe this is the Onion Lord Davos that we see. Instead of being respectful and patient and 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 doing what he's told, he's like, fuck this, I'm going and I'm doing because everybody that's been in power before him has made such terrible, tragic mistakes that he's warned them against. I think he kind of has earned the right to say, screw this and, and, and grab, you know, the destiny himself. And it's, it, it worked. I mean, you know, we've had the resurrection and such, but um, I, I think that that we're seeing now that, like, remember from the books, uh, Christiana and Nettie will remember from the books, there was at least one entire chapter um, in, um, in his POV from when he was stranded after the Blackwater. And he was with all the other dead soldiers and boats and everything just washed aside and this little tiny patch of rock um, he he landed on and he was stranded and starving and and all of these things before he was found. You got a little taste of that mm -hmm. um, when they did show him, but I think that is like the Onion Knight, and I think that we're seeing him wake up now and kind of take the reins. And I, I kind of cheer him for it because mm -hmm. Stannis was an idiot. John was naive, bless his heart, and whatever he is now. Um, the 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 Thorn is Alistair Thorn is that the mm -hmm. Lord Commander mm -hmm. that they just had the rebellion against? Mm -hmm. um, it's just like all the people that he's been trying to talk to and make sense to, they're just caught up in all these other things. Like I want to be king, that's the most important thing, mm -hmm. and it's it's almost like it's almost like I think Tyrion would be if he had been born of full stature and the ability to be a knight or you know someone like that I think they've got a similar kind of ethics and morals and whether he's right or wrong in making those choices for John you know yeah. being resurrected for one thing who that you know like Melisandre said it right if you want to help him leave him dead you know he, right. he you know he was going through a lot when he was alive and who knows what this is going to bring she has an idea because she saw uh, Derek but or Derek bump Eric Dondarrion. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, sh who knows? I, I, I just feel like... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Nani. I just wanted to say I agree. I think that we haven't seen why he's going out on such a limb. I think, honestly, the Onion Knight would have snuck everybody out of there and would have escaped. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely more about fleeing and, and, and sneaking and smuggling True. and that sort of thing. Um, I could see reasons that he would feel this way, but we haven't seen them on screen. Like, for instance, he's lost all of his sons, although I think he only has one in, in the show. Um, John is of the age that his son was. Mm. He might be identifying in that way. 
but we haven't seen it on screen, so we yeah. don't know if that's it. We mm -hmm. still don't know, and I still don't believe he knows that Shireen is dead. Mm. And does he know that Stannis is dead? He may, you know, it may be about the fact that he really does believe that John is their only hope and that the wall is important to this. Mm. But we have no way of knowing because there's nothing on screen. It's just Davos That's decided true. to be a hard ass and yeah. kudos for him, but I don't know why he did it. <laughs> Was yeah. he at hard home? No. But he's okay, so he's Davos? definitely seen the giant. I don't know if he's seen the uh, yeah. The zombies, I mean, he saw the, the wildlings come through the gate just like everybody else. Right. Yeah. I, um, that's I the only motivation I could think of is if he yeah. knows what's he knows on the other the side of the wall, knows what's coming, yeah. knows John is is. Well, well he made, was there when know. Melisandre said, "We've got to forget this and we got to go to the yeah. wall because mm -hmm. worse stuff's happening there." Yeah, so I, right. I guess my issue is that there could be lots of reasons mm -hmm. that we can read into, and if we speculate about it, we could think, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Right. And, and that's fine, except that the show hasn't told us any mm -hmm. of that. We haven't seen any of it in the show. And that's what I meant when I said it felt unearned, yeah. especially when we're talking about, okay, I am about to now fight to the death for this, yeah. this guy who is already dead. That contrived. just felt to me like I I don't understand why he felt like that was his job. Um, but at the same time, like I I still love the character. But and then on top of that, he all along he had been the one who was totally against Melisandre's magic. Like he was the one that advised Stannis against it. Is like even if it helps you win, do you want to win that way? And and so like for him to be the one pressuring her to do it. Especially when it's like he didn't see Beric Dondarrion raised from the dead; she did, and so it just all of that felt weird, in a way that like I'm not, you know, I'm not protesting. I'm not mad. Yeah, you but don't I, have to justify yeah. it, honey. It well, makes I sense. just want to. I guess I, I just want to illustrate that my my complaint is only that I think it was not handled as well as it could have been, maybe. But uh, I I wanted to say that without coming across like oh this is ruining the show or I don't like Davos now or something like that. Yeah, it's it's a nitpick, and um, I think that uh, it's a completely valid one. I think um, him pushing her for the magic is showing that he's desperate. We just don't know why is he so desperate. Mm -hmm. So. But for the second episode, we got ghost time. We got yeah. to see a dire wolf. <laughs> so are, we, are we talking about the resurrection now? I was just saying that they showed... Well, we haven't showed the, the wildlings wolf. coming in yet, even. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, they showed a dire wolf at the first scene. I thought that's what we were talking about. I don't want to jump the gun. So, um, the uh, they're ready to kill him. The uh, everything's about to throw down. They're banging on the door, and then they stop. And my next notes are one one. I was very happy. <laughs> yeah, um, I was uh, super super happy with um, how that turned out. Just because I think you know, I I even said this last time that one of the things 
that I was a little bit unsure about was this idea of, oh yeah, we're going to go get the wildlings, and I'm thinking, and what, just kill all of the remaining crows? Like, ultimately, like, what is the end game here? We're going to leave only the wildlings in charge of Castle Black? Uh, what, what does that mean? You know, so that's a little bit what I was worried about. And so the resolution of, oh, no, it's just that there are so few crows and um, so few crows and enough wildlings showing up that it's just kind of like, no, you guys just stop. And then also, this is where the seeds they sowed last week of showing that some of the other members in the Night's Watch were already unhappy about this turn okay. of events. Yeah. Right. And so to have it be clear that it's like, no, it's not all of them. And, and so a lot of them are suddenly not willing to fight the wildlings and die for yeah. porn because yeah. they're already a little unsure. And so I kind of liked that the idea is that it was really only a small handful of them that were insisting on fighting. And that way you can kind of say, yeah, let's put them in the cells. Everybody yeah. else... This is a new plan, okay? All right, yeah. good. We're good. All right. All right, we it's got actually it. mentality how it's all about inertia, right? You get one person leading the charge, everybody starts following it. But if you change the direction, most of the mob is going to change direction. Well, I Are you back, Chooch? Are you Yeah. Do yeah. You, can you say things? Oh no. No audio? I can if I didn't need oh. it because I was worried of I was gonna I was I was worried I was interrupting people because it was cutting in and out, you know? And I didn't want to just have these random words drop in. Um, <laughs> um Yeah, so that my note was so again the bulk of them just seemed to go with whatever. Um which I think is kinda how it works out. Some are not don't quite know what to think. And like you said, you have that little core that does something and everybody else isn't quite sure. So they just kind of go along with it. And yeah. obviously with the wildlings, there's what could they do? There's, they could all die. That's what they could do. That's all they could do. <laughs> I mean, the wildlings actually, the, they just came from a hard home and they saw what's coming. And so the brothers, the black brothers, they don't, really believe it. They are still kind of, well, yeah, there's some weird stuff and some of the guys came back from that from that one ex you know, when they went looking for Benjamin and they talked about weird stuff, but ah, uh, you know, grumpkins and yeah. whatever. There are giants so and I elephants, think, but zombies, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's so honestly right now the realm is in way better hands because they've seen what happened to the rest of their entire community like everything it's like as if the united states you know like the upper states or something because there were so many different clans and so many different regions up there and they're all just now you know mm -hmm. sad yeah. um the one the the whole way that uh the the scene played the the one guy who's the last crossbow bolt into one one shoulder and <laughs> Just how that all plays out was amazing, because on the one hand it plays as funny, which yeah. is nice yeah. um, to have kind of a a moment of some you know uh, dark humor levity there, but also just illustrating how scary it would be <laughs> to actually try to fight a giant in that kind of circumstance. It's one thing when you're you know shooting flaming arrows at him from 700 feet away. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, That's a whole other <laughs> thing know, when he's he right get at you. But when he's right there, he kind of just grabs you and smashes you against the wall, and that's uh, it. Anybody else think puny god? Yeah. <laughs> um, no. I was too busy going, ew. But I mean, awesome. it's 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 as, at least as effective as the, you know, leaving the <laughs> sploosh mark of his brains on the wall is kind of as effective as leaving those little tarred, burned kids' bodies that Theon did and Ramsey having all the oh, played yeah. people. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, remember what happened? That right there. <laughs> Still here. So they uh, they arrest the what we feel, or at least what I feel, are the true traitors. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Tormund goes to visit John, um, pay his respects, and I like how he goes out. You know, better leave. Got a lot of bodies to burn. Hint, hint. <laughs> Saying mm-hmm. the one thing we talked about last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, one one brief note, um, I was looking up just to confirm a couple of things about what the deal was with uh, Davos last time. You see, he definitely did not go to Hardhome, although there was a scene where he was basically respecting and backing up John's plan to go rescue wildlings at Hardhome when a lot of other people thought, it's like, why bother, who cares? Um, and then also what it, at least in this write-up that I've, found here, um, it basically when Melisandre returned, John and Davos rushed to her asking about the fates of Stannis and Shireen. Melisandre regards Davos with an empty stare, confirming his worst fears, mm-hmm. which is a bit of an interpretation of that scene, but it sounds like what the show might be going with um, is that she told them that Davos and Shireen were all, like, that they're all dead, but maybe did not provide additional detail. Yeah, I, I felt like she was I felt like it was clear what she was relaying to him. It didn't occur to me that he didn't—he wouldn't know that Stannis or Shireen yeah. are both dead. There's no way he would still be supporting her, though, if he knew that she had Shireen burned. I, I just can't imagine that he would even... I, I think he would have demanded she be executed or something. Or I don't know. But uh, at the same yeah. time, again, just this idea that he's now pushing her to do yeah. more of her magic... If he knew it was her idea or that she was burned at all, probably he wouldn't mm-hmm. be giving her that pep talk. Yeah. No it's way. one thing to say they they lost the battle and they were all killed. They're all dead. It's another thing to say, oh, but before that happened, guess what? Yeah, this crazy I, thing happened. Yeah. I thought that was going to work out great. Turned out not so much. <laughs> um, if we finish out King's Land or uh, Castle Black... Um, mm-hmm. we go jump immediately to Davos inspiring Melisandre. Um, and how I think Christiana covered quite well and who don't quite, it does feel a little contrived. I think that feeds into why it felt rushed to me. The whole episode felt rushed to me that all of a sudden he's pushing, pushing. Have you ever tried? <laughs> like, Hmm. Let me whip up a little ritual real quick. Honestly, though, like, again, I don't want to get snarky about it, really, because I, I don't really feel dismissive of it. But it did occur to me that when he said, have you ever tried? Uh, she could have said, I don't know. Have you? <laughs> right. <laughs> why why you just assume that, like, oh, well, the only reason you can't bring people back from the dead is you haven't tried. <laughs> I, 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 th- I hope yeah. we get more reasoning on, on his desperation. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, I could imagine if, uh, depending on what John is like now that he's alive again, um, we might have Davos and John talk about that. Yeah. So she performs a ritual. I... They give up, and as expected, he immediately ghost perks up. up. Yeah. Ghost notices first. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's my deal. When I watched that scene, all I could think, and, and this has to do with the theory that I had from the books, but John just warg from Ghost back into his own body now that Melisandre made it able to host him again. Mm. Interesting. And I know the books don't really cover the Starks warging that much, mm-hmm. but in the books, it is heavily implied that most, if not all, of the Stark children can warg. Mm. And that's all I could think was everybody leaves the room. Ghost wakes up before John does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he went from sleeping to, oh, I can go back in my body. Now. Right. That'd be interesting. Well, and his eyes were closed by Ed. No. Yeah. Ed did yeah. It. Ed previously. So we don't know what his eyes look like because they when they blue. work, their eyes were black, well, right? No, we, I mean, we saw his, we saw his eyes when he was yeah. dead before Ed closed them. Right, I'm just saying that after, like, when you're saying that she made the body possible to host him again and then Ghost wakes up, that maybe, you know, that kind of made sense with that. But never mind. I think think the eyes rolling in the back of the head only really matters when they're alive. Um, The reason I believe that John may have warged into Ghost when he died is that something had happened with another character in the books that just before he dies, he wargs into his eagle. Or mm-hmm. was it an eagle or a hawk or something? You know? Was it oral from earlier? In we had the... talked about it when it happened. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there's definitely yeah. um, a thread in the books about how uh, wargs sometimes, if their human body is about to die, will do like a last ditch taking mm-hmm. over of an animal, or even perhaps attempting to do it to a person. Um, but uh, yeah, so I I don't know. I mean, it. Well, Oral's death kind of reinforces that because, you know, you could say that the the bird that he was warging into felt the rage and hated John. Mm-hmm. But if he did warg into it, then yeah, he would pick John's eyes out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have wall. to say, as this scene was going, because they lingered on John for so long, and then when they panned down, I thought mm-hmm. what she did caused him to go into ghost i thought that's how they were going to mm-hmm. handle it first it didn't make sense but that's half what i was expecting until it hooked up i then, always <gasps> thought that like go. it was an interesting idea for him to go into ghost like, mm-hmm. and, and and they may still have what nutty suggested the idea that somehow ghost was able to like hold him, him. Hold, hold, host him for a while and then uh transporter buffer go back. but uh i i had never thought that the idea of, oh, well, he's just going to live as ghosts now. Like, I never quite bought that because, at least in the, from the perspective of a show, like, what does that mean? Like, you still don't have the actor there or what? You're going to have, like, he's going to be like Al in Quantum Leap. He's going to walk around and not nobody else can see him or something. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, just cause oh, I would, love to, I would love it to morph into <laughs> Wilfred. Yeah. John the, in a wolf um, suit. <laughs> Kit Harrington in a wolf suit. Oh, that would be brilliant. Be um, but yeah, oh so I don't know. We we might have him um 
I can't I mean, escape the image now. Thanks, Jake. They Church. can certainly uh, talk about like when it, when he talks about whatever he perceived. Um, it would be interesting because we do remember that what Beric Dondarrion said, and this actually left Melisandre somewhat disconcerted at the time, was that there wasn't anything. It was just nothing when he while he was dead. Yeah. So it it, it was you know alive, nothing, alive again. Um, so it would be interesting to see if that was John's experience too, or if maybe he was in Ghost and he could yeah. say that. Um, I thought. Well, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. I was just going to mention another thing, which is that I saw a fun GIF uh, online today that basically intercut this whole sequence from the episode with the part of Apollo 13 where they don't. They're, you know, the the capsule is coming through that period <laughs> where they can't get the radio signals, and everyone's waiting, dark side of waiting the to hear, and it intercut them expertly, and it was just, it was amazing because, especially because there's a couple of bits in that one where there's a couple of like pops on the radio, and and so the the really smart people in the room know that might mean something, so they kind of perk up before everybody else does, and and that's intercut with. Ghost lifting up his head, and it, it's, it's great. <laughs> Should go in the meme roundup if you're still doing those, Nettie. Very cool. So I thought, um, you know, for me, I'm such a visual person. I was, of course, the whole time we watched it, I watched it three times so that I'd be able to remember it all. But her, all three times I watched it, the stone on Melisandre's neck, necklace never changed. Never it blinked. stayed dark the entire time. Um, I actually liked the ritual that she put together, you know, she, all all the only guidance that she has that we know of is what Thora said, which is that I just said the words, you know, I didn't do anything special. And so maybe she knew of the ritual because she certainly knew about the king's blood and the leeches and the fire and all that stuff. Um, I, I, I really thought it was um, a believable ritual um, rushed as it was, but I mean mm -hmm. there would be words for that that any yeah. priest or priest would learn. Speaking I of else the, oh, I'm sorry. I was just thinking that uh, John finally gets another haircut after the uh, first episode. I was <laughs> going to mention that too, just because especially that was part of what I was talking about earlier with the yeah. showrunners messing with us, because there was the whole thing about like, oh, is he dead? Is he really dead? Um, and then fans speculating about like, well, has Kit Harrington cut mm -hmm. his hair? There's <laughs> been pictures of him in Belfast with yeah. long hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and speaking of the words, though, um, the uh, the screenwriter of the episode, um, or someone, I'm not sure who, who did it, posted what the English translation of her prayer is. Mm. Um, and it's just three lines, so I'll read it now. It's, we ask the Lord to shine his light and lead a soul out of darkness. We beg the Lord to share his fire and light a candle that has gone out. From darkness, light. From ashes, fire. From death, Life. Hmm. Nice. What is dead may never die. Ah. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Still miss him. Quite a parallel. Didn't have him long enough to miss him as much. Yeah. <laughs> you got a lot of uh, religious stuff in this episode coming mm -hmm. up, though. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, what was the? There was one other thing I was going to mention about this. Oh, 
just what we should, you know, like we'll we'll come back to this because it happens later in the episode. But just while we're still talking about Melisandre, and especially her uh, King's Blood Leech spell, with Balon dead now, that is the third death that she. Oh my God! Oh, you're right. Because yeah. <gasps> oh, that yeah. the three leeches yep. were for Rob, Joffrey. And that's actually part of what was weird for the book readers is because this death of Balon happened a way long time ago. Yeah. It did. <laughs> it did. It happened so long ago. Like season, it would have been like season three. Yeah. Because wow. yeah. I think it happened before Rob. Yeah. Um, so, uh, mm. yeah, so it was weird <laughs> that it didn't happen for so long. But now that it has, this means that the, the three leeches have now done their job, although... Mm. Given that we see, um, well, you know, we'll talk more about well, what happens. We can there. jump straight to Pike. I don't know that we have to stay in, in order okay. here. Um, well, so, just before we do that, real quick, yeah. um, that what Christiana had said, uh, you know, with the timing of everything, led me to um, something that I had read. Apparently, the since season three, the reveal of Melisandre being a crone was supposed to be written in. Since season three, and they kept pushing it off. Hmm. They try, they were going to put it in in season three, but it just didn't fit with the story, so they pushed it off for season four. Didn't work again for story, pushed it off till season five. Uh, so they, they kept pushing that back. So it makes me wonder, like, how many things <clears throat> did they want to open up? Like, maybe they wanted to say, okay, well, now is the time that Balin should die. Yeah, but we're not quite ready to tell that story, so let's just push it back. So it, it definitely shows you a little bit of the the jiggery-pokery and how they have to change things just because it's on screen, right? Like, you're not going to start a whole storyline three seasons early because it was in the books and then ignore that story for all that time. Yeah, so, uh, I guess I we'll see if... Interesting to point out. If they touch base back on that, or if it was a throwaway and they never mm-hmm. reveal why we care that she's an old crone, <laughs> mm-hmm. be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, um, so we can go so to we want... King's Landing or jump to Pike. Let's do I Pike. Go to... Oh, well, okay. If if you want to, whichever you one you want to go to, Viv, that is fine. We'll cover both. I'm sure. I had a question that I'm going to forget if I don't ask, and that's cool. why I'm afraid. Yeah. So it's about the scene with Cersei, um, and okay. what I what I thought was like in the first scene that we saw was Hodor and the mention of giant's blood. The second scene of the episode was Castle Black with the brain paintbrush on the castle wall by the giant. Do we have any reference of the mountain as having any giant's blood in him, or is he just mm-hmm. abnormally large? Because I was like three things, one like one scene after the other with gigantic men, yeah, or giant referenced men, or gigantic men like the mountain is. But I, I mean, he was he was he 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 was a Clegane, so mm-hmm. he wasn't like I don't know what the what the bastard title would be from wherever they were, but. Mm-hmm. He had a last name, and it was the same as his brother. So I guess yeah. it doesn't make sense for him to have giant. I don't blood. remember them ever. Well, it would have to go back way back. But I, I think sometimes when people are saying, like in this world, when people say someone has giant's blood in them, I, it, it might be kind of just a figure of speech, and they don't necessarily totally. mean it literally. Unless I it's just OSHA. I the pattern or... of three in a row. Yeah. That's all. That's yeah. why I was asking. 
Oh, uh, well, yeah. you know, Chuch has a point that it, when OSHA says it, she knows for a fact that giants are real. Um, but that's most true. most other people would uh, would think that that's those are just stories. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that's but, yeah, how King's we did have the, There's no Sir record. Uh, I'm sorry. There's no record of uh, Gregor Clegane being mentioned of being a giant. Okay, that's what I thought. And I'm glad you confirmed it. Sir Robert being called a silent giant, you know. Other than that, it's just... They haven't called him anything yet, though, have they? They haven't introduced Um, the name Sir Robert Strong on the show. I think they did when... um, Introduced him, yeah. When Cersei met him, right? Cersei, yeah. So when Cersei came in from her her walk of shame, that's the first time we see him in his King's Guard armor. I think they did say it then. Oh, Mm -hmm. gotcha. Yeah. He said first of his name, mm-hmm. promises to serve his queen, not serve the realm or serve <laughs> anybody else yeah. but the queen. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jennifer fusses, they haven't had giants around for a while. Well, yeah, the South hasn't, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, so we have the rando talking about sex with Cersei and then Franken Mountain, flop, showing. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really Man. need to draw that sword to have an impact. <laughs> So Wait, you know, it's funny for an episode that has two separate scenes of a really big person just smashing somebody's That's head what against. I'm the wall. It's um, why it totally caught my attention. Yeah, no, I totally. I it's it it's so feels dramatic. Like, it it feels intentional in a way that's not clear why necessarily, except that it's awesome and effective in both cases. Um, <laughs> True. You know, scary to be yeah. sure. Um, um, no, I mean. Uh, Especially, one of the things that I struck me as odd, though, with this scene about the mountain is the idea of, like, like how did he know? Like, did someone tip off one of Cersei's spies and she sent him? Was he skulking Just around somewhere? By. There's something supernatural going on. Like, how did how did this happen? Like, yeah. I, when I rewatched it, I was specifically looking during the scene where he tells his story to see if there was any obvious, like, someone, you know, looking at him like, oh, I'm going to tell Cersei about this or something like that. I, There's a waitress who kind of gives him a look of disgust, but that's about it. What were you going to yeah. say, Chooch? I was just going to say if, if it's if it's a supernatural thing or something, because they said, you know, we gave a vow to defeat all the Queen's enemies or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, before and he gives up his vow of silence, right? He's going to be busy if it's everybody who <laughs> says something off. naughty or makes up a story right. about her blowing him, because that, that's got to be all over the kingdom, and or at least mm-hmm. all over King's after Landing that, after the walk, right? So yeah. I think it's just... Yeah, it's kind of weird. But how? But it was just a spy. I mean, I right. don't know if this is a thing in the just, story or if. I guess just... we'll see. Maybe he'll do one per episode, <laughs> just randomly. Well, it's kind of it's absolutely somebody. terrifying the fact that we didn't see it coming though, because it was like, well, what's this? this? Is like a throwaway splash. Okay, all right, he's yeah. he's up and in motion. Yeah. He's at work. I loved <laughs> though that um, first of all, when we see Cersei, we have that. That fascinating little moment where she pulls a thread out of her sleeve. It's just a, such a small moment, but it also feels just like yeah, where her head's at right now is that she is kind of not producing constructive activity, but at the same like she, or she's not especially coherent. Like she doesn't have a cogent plan at the moment, except that she's 
doing things. Yeah. Like whatever's right. in front of her, she's trying to do. Like it, like yeah. she sees a thread, pulls it out because you know doesn't one foot in front of the other. Right. Um. But then when she turns around because he comes in, she specifically notices that in the same spot as she just pulled the thread from her sleeve, he had blood on his gauntlet. Yeah. Um. Mm. And she noticed it, and it wasn't a smile exactly, but there was definitely a sort of good. Yeah, it was like an acknowledgement mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. But I liked. <laughs> I, I'm kind of skipping ahead. I really felt like this sequence with her, this sequence of scenes with her, this one and the one with Tommen later. Um, and a lot of this may be my own perceptions of the character sneaking in as opposed to things that are literally shown on screen. But again, she felt still in this early scene unfocused. Like she's at a loss. She doesn't really know what to do. She's very angry and frustrated but doesn't know where to focus it at the moment. She doesn't um, have a direction, yeah. Yeah, and so that's where the like pulling the thread is coming. But I felt like then Tommen comes to her and basically says, I was wrong. I'm so sorry. Teach me to be like you. And then, um, has everyone seen Batman vs. Superman? No. No, I haven't seen have it you, yet. Have you heard Wonder Woman's music? No. no. Oh, man. We'll um, talk about it. We'll, yeah. It's basically angry Amazon Viking music. And uh, right it's and just, I sort of felt like I heard that in my head when Tommen said that. And just this, yeah. like, all right, you've just given her this direction now. It's like, yeah. okay, you put her back in control. Well, in a way that she never was before, not even with Joffrey, though, because mm -hmm. she knew that her dad was there and, and tugging at him, and 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 then Marjorie had her way of getting with Tommen, like, under her spell, and this is the first time that nobody's in her way counseling the king opposite of her. It's mm -hmm. literally just her, and it's like, it. I thought that it was very appropriate his behavior when he saw her and like he said he wanted to keep her safe by keeping her out of the sept but to me it was more like the way a, a young child would react when they're in trouble well I'm gonna put off seeing my parent as long as I can because I'm in trouble and it was just very childlike and and as soon as his his daddy Jamie questioned him on it he crumbled and then he didn't even get the whole thing out to Cersei mm -hmm. before he's apologizing and um, you know he's just ashamed and and he and he really does say this whole teach me thing mm -hmm. and I just after everything that she's been through and done and seen is she gonna is she gonna alter the way that she like, would she raise him the same way as Joffrey and make him that cruel? Has she learned anything? Because she really has not said anything substantive since mm -hmm. she's come back. Um, yeah. I took it. You don't really know where her mind is at. She was silent on the walk home mm -hmm. and silent when she met um, well, Sir Robert Strong, and and she really she really has not said a whole lot, and it's just. I, it's got me wondering what she's got simmering underneath the surface and what she's actually going to do. I'm sure it's got to be evil because it's Cersei and she's got a lot of revenge right now 
and rage, and she's got no nothing. Marjorie can't stop her. Nobody is between her and what she wants, and it's it's terrifying to kind of imagine how they're going to play with that, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, one brief note is that in they haven't shown him this season, but in theory, Kevin, uh, Tywin's brother, Kevin, is still around. Yeah. And he's the one that's kind of been the, like, the regent directing Tommen uh, in the meantime. Um, yeah. But we have, he hasn't shown up in this season yet, but right. theoretically he's still there also advising Tommen. And and so at the same time, though, Tommen has now just come to her and basically said, I want to listen to you. Yeah. The other stuff so, isn't working, yeah. Yeah, so even yeah. if Kevin is still around, she's got leverage now in a way that she had felt it was lost before. And yeah. the only other thing that we'd had her say was um, when she was talking with Jamie about worrying about the prophecy and was it fate mm -hmm. now that they were all going to die. But I felt like after the scene with Tommen, that's it was her deciding that she uh, agrees with Jamie, fuck the prophecy, fuck fate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it. that she has his power again. He's coming to her, like you said. So to me, it's, it's strap in, here we go. Um, and I, I think she feels probably that he does need a little of his brother in him you know and yeah. he just came out and said i was weak i didn't know what to do i didn't uh, and teach me to be strong and she probably does see strength and not necessarily cruelty but you know um kind of cold-bloodedness is one and the same yeah so yeah um taylan had said in the q a he could go around uh, the mountain could go around or sorry sir strong <laughs> eradicating sparrows <laughs> um Ooh. But then uh, Pot says, wouldn't people getting walled after publicly dissing Cersei soon result in fewer people publicly saying anything about the king's mother? Uh, well, you'd think. Sounds kind of like what Trump's going to do, right? He's going to try and silence the reporters. I'm sorry. <laughs> no politics. Sorry. He said it. Um, <laughs> and then Taylor had said it, it's her and, okay, I think she's meaning Cersei. It's her and the sparrow. Who convinced Tommen initially that Cersei might be prohibited from entering oh, the sect? Oh, true. She yeah, means, uh, she means the 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 High Septon. Yeah. Who convinced Cersei that? Because because he said that he had to prevent her because they said they'd uh, that she wasn't allowed and he didn't want to see his mother get arrested again. Right. right. He wouldn't yeah. be allowed into the sept, and he was right. saying the public. I'm just saying that who's the her? Her and the Sparrow. Her convince Tommen that Cersei might be. But I mean, you know, um, mm -hmm. Jamie, you know, saying, telling Tommen, you know, while I'm around, she will never be arrested again. You know, I think mm -hmm. Tommen believes that. Yeah. He, I although... don't think he realized how much power he had. You know what I mean? Because the sparrows were armed, essentially. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's almost like he was afraid to use his big boy vo voice without someone that he trusted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the uh, uh, just incidentally uh, I in the in the chat uh, Chuch I posted a YouTube link that has that Wonder Woman music in it I don't know if there's an easy way for you to to cool. play it but but so in any case though uh, the stuff with High Sparrow I thought was really interesting this time too for several reasons like it's the the whole conversation with him and Jamie. I thought was really excellent in the sense that it layered several different interesting ideas together. 
Hmm. Um, one was Jamie pointing out the hypocrisy of how they arrested her, in particular with the most serious charge being that she slept with her brother. And he's like, Yeah, bring it. For me? Got nothing for me? I <laughs> killed the king. I killed the last king when I was his king's guard. I killed my nothing cousin. Nothing. I killed my king. <laughs> yeah, like I, so him pointing that out I thought yeah. was really kind of like, you know, I, I liked him being called and him really not even offering any answer for that. No. He, he um, didn't even acknowledge it, really. It made me it nervous was, yeah. for Jamie, though. Mm -hmm. Well, I, yeah, because the, the response of the, you know, when he threatens the sparrow, this is something Jamie hasn't dealt with before, which is someone who really actually seems okay with, you know, it's like, well, sure, you'd kill me, and then, uh, you know, you, they'd kill you. Maybe you'd take a bunch of them with you, but who cares about how many of them it was? It was still the sparrows that took you down. Yeah. And um, I think without him, the sparrows fall apart. I think it's a bluff, or, I mean, it, it seems like this has to lead to something bigger, that it can't just be you kill him and that's it. But I just don't see fanatics holding on without him as their leader. The, pro the problem is, though, this this is the power they have. Because on the one hand, yeah, Jamie against 50 of them, they might take him down. But if Oh, totally. If, He's, he doesn't but, have his usual sword hand. Right. But if, if Jamie goes back and then Tommen says, okay, Lannister army, let's just root these guys out. They could do it in a heartbeat. The problem is... This is a very religious city where the legitimacy of the throne is on the premise that they are blessed by the seven, you know, the the, the gods, right? And uh, and so if they were to take their army and attack in the high sept, the great sept, and to kill the leaders of the church, that would not go well for them, and that would just militarize and radicalize people who weren't already doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um I think that um when Jamie starts pointing out uh what about me? What about all these things that I've done? It's almost like he was echoing what we said last week in mm -hmm. the sense of why are they only going after women and a gay guy? Yeah. Why aren't they going after Jamie? Why aren't they going after any of the men? It's it's very calculated what they're doing. And taking down Jamie does not further their cause. It does not work for them. I was actually a bit anxious that Jamie wasn't going to be able to, wasn't going to be allowed to leave the sept. But then yeah. they let him, and I was like, yeah. okay. well, it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting point, just because I, I was talking to someone uh, yesterday who had watched the episode and was left with the impression, no, they arrested him. They took him into oh. custody, and I, and I was like, oh, "That doesn't seem right. I don't remember it that way." So I watched it when I rewatched it today with this specific question in mind. It is left ambiguous. My mm -hmm. my take is still that they were going to let him leave, but it's unclear because all of the guys with their weapons are still standing around in the circle around him, and Jamie does not move. He stands there in the spot, and it cuts hmm. cuts away without him. You're right, gone. yeah. High Sparrow walks away. Jamie stands there, and everybody's still around him. And that's where mm -hmm. the scene ends. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's, it's not 100% clear. Interesting. Hmm. It's definitely ambiguous. I, I'm hoping 
that Jamie's still out, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, mm. Although I do think that if they did arrest Jamie and somehow got Jamie to confess that he and his sister were having relations, which I think Jamie would be more willing to confess, that would actually screw them because they absolved uh, Cersei of her sins. No, remember, the she only only for sleeping with Lancel. Okay. Because she, she would refuse to but confess to Jamie. They let her go on that without confessing to sleeping with her brother is what I mean, though. Because there was still right. going to be a trial for that. Oh. Yeah. yeah. They let her out until the trial. Yeah, that's why she's in the okay. red keep. Okay, yeah. I was thinking maybe that's why they wouldn't arrest him because then it would contradict things that they had said. But <laughs> All right, you're right. Yeah, none of them can confess. Like it's it's in nobody's interest for anyone to confess that <laughs> right now because like the sparrows might want it, but if they if either of them were to confess it, that means Tommen is no longer rightful king, which doesn't even work out for Marjorie. Yeah. Because yeah. you know if Tommen isn't king, then she isn't queen, and she's married to an abomination. Yeah. <laughs> Any other King's Landing business? Got the. I don't think so. Got the music. Just the um, oh boy, you know the 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 Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap, oh boyness, uh, that that comes after Tom and asks Cersei for help. That's all I. I'm mm. just like oh boy. Yeah. yeah. And let's uh, jump over the narrow sea to Marine. I think it's Aww. over the narrow sea, right? Well, the other side of the continent. Um, yeah. With the uh, Danny's small right. council. That's why I liked it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> With uh, Danny's small council essentially getting mm-hmm. uh, getting some news of what's been going on in her absence, it has not been good. Similar, or um, yeah. um, things have essentially all gone back to normal, except for Marine mm-hmm. itself. All the slavers wow. are back in business. Well, what is good though is Tyrion having a new MVP line for the series, which is. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. <laughs> yes. I love it. It's perfect. Destined for a thousand t-shirts. Exactly. Chooch, get on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do, yeah. And um, so anything about that conversation? I thought it was all pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. And I, a great I, speech, obviously, when he goes down there. Oh, my God. So good. Oh, my God. That uh, was amazing. I got goosebumps during that scene with the dragons. It was amazing. So powerful. Um, my only quibble is very at the end when they just kind of withdraw into the shadows, and I'm thinking, what, do they have a way out there? Or they're just, no, okay, we're taking the chains off, but they're staying in the cave. I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, I thought the same thing too, but if I if I remember correctly, they, they had a way in there. So that must be the same way out that they there's like a big garage door or skyscraper. Right. Or, yeah, that's how I, I took it. That it's all too. open, but right. they didn't show it. Yeah, I just kind of again they didn't show it, and that so that was my only quibble. I kind of so, took it as they had the chains taken off and they were just kind of like retreating and processing and and. I didn't expect them to like go running through the door. To be honest yeah, with you, yeah, that's, that's where two. it's unclear. These two, no. Drago, though, yeah, he would have mowed right over Tyrion. I so, had the impression that it's like, no, they were, we're setting them free, except that 
the end of the scene is they just pull back into shadow, and I'm like, well, are they free or they're not free? I don't I, know. I, yeah. I took it differently. The way Tyrion spoke, I took it as, well, we got to keep him alive. The Dragon Queen needs dragons. I didn't mm-hmm. read anything into that about him letting them go. Well, it, the, the point was keeping them confined is what's bad for them. And it's mm-hmm. not just the chains, it's the cave. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Bye. his theory is that they're intelligent and that they want to help her. So even if they let them go, they're not just going to like fly away and never come back because they're smart and they're going to try to do what needs to be done. And so it's, but it's, it's tough because the risk of course is that what if they do just fly away and then don't come back and it's like, well now she doesn't have any dragons. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, well in the, in the, in the books, the reason that they get let loose is somebody tries to steal them. And so that makes me think that, well, if they fly away and they don't come back, they're still better than having dead dragons. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, yeah. Like, I it, guess it's, it's the difference between not having read the books and not expecting the dragons to be free and that maybe that's where my POV is different. I'm seeing it from Tyrion's point of view of mm. she's a dragon queen, she has to have dragons just like she needed an army and she needed boats. And um, so my POV after not having read book five yet um, was just that, you know, this is... Cause it, it just made sense to me. It's like when you get a new cat, you put a cat in a small room so they can get used to the smells of the house. Then you open the door to the bathroom and you let them go to the next room. So to me, it, it kind of made sense in animal logic. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, right. That's yeah. that's the complaint is that it's left unclear. And this is, you know, it's something that they've had an issue with a little bit this season, which is they're kind of moving so fast that they're skipping some details that seem yeah. important. And, like, I'm sure we will find out whether or not they are now free to roam or whether they are still in the cave just not chained up. Because we could see it a half step of let's keep them close but not chained up before we try letting them go altogether. Um, but the, but it doesn't tell us which. It doesn't, it, it doesn't we don't know. They want us to watch episode three though, Christiana. <laughs> well, right, because you can't you can't have people watch the next episode unless you put some sort of weird cliffhanger on Cliff it. Cliffhangering <laughs> bastards. <laughs> I I I think I said this already on a previous episode, but I finally gave up on The Walking Dead. I just couldn't do it anymore because they yeah. cheat. They cheat in that show. Do yeah. they? Yeah. At least we've got a magic system here that we can, and a religious system that has magic aspects to it that we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can buy the plutonium, plutonium every once in a while. So, as Tyrion is walking up to the dragons and as he's doing the whole thing, in my head I'm like screaming, oh god, oh god, they can't have Tyrion replace Quentin, which is a character that in the books thinks that he would have a special bond because there's like ancient Targaryen blood in his body somewhere and that the dragons will what? accept him. Oh, well, oh something he, from the book? Yeah, even oh. even Robert had Targaryen blood. Like, most royal houses had Targaryen blood in them. So, he's convinced himself that he'll be able to communicate with these dragons. And they burn him alive. <laughs> <laughs> they just burn him alive. So, suddenly, I was scared for Tyrion. Um, which I shouldn't have been, but I was. Yeah. Uh, and then it made me think. Both in the books and the show, Tyrion 
did not have a single burn from the battle at the Blackwater. Hmm. He was in the midst of fire. We, yeah, we talked about all of that when it aired and he had such little damage. But he didn't have any burns. Right. You'd think there'd be something. See, I, again, <laughs> like I was paying attention because certainly the people who are really hot on this this secret Tyrion is a secret Targaryen theory um, were speculating that well maybe the the dragons are going to try to burn him and it will work, mm. um, like he won't be burned. But I, I, again, I still feel like okay, it's possible that that could be true. But the show has not really given us any solid no, evidence. There's you been, have to work mm -hmm. backwards to find anything that supports oh, yes. that theory. Yeah. Well, the the only thing that I can think of Especially is... Especially if they aren't even playing, introducing that character. We see him playing with Candleflame quite a bit in the earlier seasons. Um, and But then again, I can play with Candleflame and not get burnt. So that's not <laughs> a big deal. Well, but, it's also... It, it's See, the thing is, playing with Candleflame... Like... His mindset in those scenes, though, is almost more like he kind of wants it to hurt. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then there was, um, um, and this is this is something from the book, so it's not the show. And I agree that you know maybe that the show really hasn't established this idea that there are probably secret Targaryens because there's a whole theme in the books that oh there could be more Targaryens we just don't know. When, t when he was younger, Tyrion used to dream of owning a dragon of his own, going as far as asking his uncles for one as a name day present. He used to start fires in the bowls of Casterly Rock and stared into them for hours, pretending, pretending they were dragon flame. While he himself was a lost Targaryen princeling or a dragon lord from Valeria, sometimes he imagined he saw his father or sister burning in the fires. As he grew older, Tyrion would seldom ever dream of dragons, though he would always remain fascinated by them. So, not only that, Tyrion used to look into fire and see things. <laughs> well, I mean, so anybody can look into fire and see things. It doesn't mean he had a vision. I'm not saying he's a Targaryen, but I got yeah. very excited by different possibilities. Yeah. Valyrian priest. See, the, the, the it feels like a red herring at this point because the show hasn't done anything with it, kind of like with what we were I talking agree. about earlier. And, and not only that, but the biggest clues that lend credence to this whole theory in the books has just didn't happen in the yeah. show. And, and it's not that it couldn't have, but we never talked about it, and it's too late to do so because it had yeah. to do with Tywin. And well, so, yeah. Could, and so, yeah. unless they want to cover it in a flashback, yeah, um, which they could, I suppose, but um, again, because it just didn't happen in the show, I I think that that whole thing is a red herring, and I, I agree with this. It's cool to talk about and to think about, yeah, but that doesn't mean I think it's true. <laughs> it is the yeah. first time that I've given the theory credence. I've always said, yeah, it, it could happen, whatever, it could, it could. I can't. The first time I've been excited by the theory. Yeah, I just, I guess I can't. I'm I'm trying so hard to keep up with the things that are happening that I don't <laughs> even want to go down a, well, what if, no, I've got enough of those right now. <laughs> There's two things <laughs> that I'm really scared of happening. I don't need to worry about a third. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and I also want to just say I love that the dragons need to be free. And I love that they're smart. And I know that they're in the shows. They are definitely a lot smarter than they were in the books. And I dig it.
Yeah. Well, this this ties into something that I've been saying for like three seasons now, or however long since um, Danny got to Marine. Mm -hmm. I guess it's not three seasons, but uh, two seasons at least. Yeah. Um, which is that uh, I think the dragons started to misbehave because she's not doing the right thing. Yeah. They're mm -hmm. smart. They yeah. know what she needs to be doing, and she is screwing it up by hanging out in Marine, and that's why they start acting out. Yeah. And I love Paulette's uh, comment in the Q&A, by the way. Uh, she says, I love this scene. Once again, smallest and weakest of Westeros nobles shows he has the biggest balls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, it, that scene was incredible. All of Tyrion's stuff in this episode was just some of my favorite like of the series. Definitely, definitely some of, I think, it some of the, his most powerful moments and words and stuff. It, it just showed that he really is one of the bravest men in Westeros <laughs> and smartest. It took a lot to kind of talk his way around those dragons. And also I think it's cool that in both episodes this season we've had dragons and direwolves. Yeah. We wind a lot in those first and couple giant. We wind we wind a lot in those first couple seasons. Where's the Dothraki horde? Where are the direwolves? Where are the dragons? Come on, HBO spend some money. And we've had a horde. We've had dragons. We've had direwolves. So And a giant. I just want to see Grumpkins and Snarks now. Right. <laughs> and did you guys see how big the direwolf was? Yeah. Yes. Like, we got clear perspective, direwolf against objects in the room and people. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's jump over to Bravos, another favorite character, Arya playing Say My Name with the wave. <laughs> Jack and so cute. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds so wrong. I guess let's say your name. Yeah, please. <laughs> and Jack and Hagar reappearing. So yes. I guess, I mean, I the guess boys. she must believe that that she is just a girl. If, I mean, he's always challenged her for lying, um, right? Although I, I've what maybe. Or I'm again, sorry, I, I guess maybe it's a thing. I guess again, it's a thing where it feels a little rushed. That's like you know. You're no longer a girl is no longer a beggar, so it's like you know he's moving her back in. It seemed like pretty quick, though we don't really know how long it's been between. Well, I mean, right. between seasons, she's pretty trash. It was instant. Yeah, so, I, I'm yeah. sorry that I kind of jumped in just because no, cool. I, I had something I was really kind of eager to talk about with this scene. Yeah, which which is the nature of what this test is, because what I read was someone basically. Uh, kind of snarking the scene away by saying um, she passes the easiest test ever in the sense of basically saying it was obvious that it was a test so that she would keep saying a girl has no name so that she could be brought back in as opposed to um, like the idea that she knew she was being tested and that's mm -hmm. why she didn't say Arya. Um, and but they're kind of dismissing it as, like, not a good test because it was obvious that it was a test. But I was thinking it's like the Kwisatz Haderach. No, not not that. I'm sorry. The <laughs> uh, the, the box from uh, Dune. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but the Bene Gesserit yeah. give mm -hmm. the box where basically it's not, it's not that you don't know it's a test. It's to see if you can resist the animal instinct of 
you are desperate and blind and in pain and hungry and cold, can you resist being offered what you want? With Can you risk not getting it even just to say it? Like So yeah. the idea that she knows it's a test and she knows that if she can stay strong, she'll he'll probably bring her back in. Like as soon as he shows up, she's got to know something's up. Yeah. Well, she, yeah. Um, and so at the same so the idea that um she knew it was a test I feel like that's no problem at all it it's because it's like that it's like we've made you suffer here and you have to express that you are willing to continue suffering if you really want this yeah. right um and and so because she is willing to and she because if she was panicked and didn't and not committed enough for them, then she might just say yes, yes, just give it, give me back my eyes, and I'll leave. Yeah. But she says she doesn't want that. She is willing to continue doing what she's doing, in order for the chance to still go. Because the thing is, it's like if she didn't know as a test, why would she bother uh, no. maintaining the whole a girl has no name thing? If she didn't think it was a test, it would be like, "Yes, give me back my eyes." It, I, I <laughs> yeah. thought it was. She knows it's a test. <laughs> I thought it was the perfect test for Aria. Yeah. Because yeah. it's been her name and it's been her list, and it's been the things that she was focusing on, and that were getting her through dark times. But mm-hmm. that's what made this. Like, for her to not say Arya Stark, it's a huge thing for her because that's, like, what she's been holding deep down inside where nobody could get to it and keeping it safe and secret and protected. Mm -hmm. And she had to have all of that stripped away. And I think that the beatings or the training from the waif was a way to establish that she still did have ambition and that there was still a spark in there. Mm -hmm. And that even if she was lying about the test, she stood up and defended herself. And it was humbling it was clearly humbling for her, that poor little face. It was so humbling for her to have to say, I'm no one. I am not a, you know, I'm not a daughter of anybody. I'm not a sister of anybody. I'm nobody. That was a huge concession for Arya to make, in my opinion. Uh, well, I, I, I feel a little bit differently. Like, I agree in, in some respects, but... Like kind of what what you were saying, Chooch, about like he seems to like believe her more readily than seems like he would have otherwise. I think the the key to this test is not necessarily that he sincerely believes that's what's inside, as much as have you gotten better at hiding it? Because that's I I feel like what's going on in this testing and maybe I'm I'm wrong but this has always been kind of my interpretation is that it's not so much that they really want you to inside feel like you are no one maybe that's like super advanced level but the whole idea is that inside you know you are someone and so being able to convincingly say that you're no one is a critical skill that they absolutely require mm-hmm. Now, maybe the even advanced level above that is that once you get good enough at saying that you're no one and you do it often enough, it you're increasingly making it true just through habit and repetition. You know what I mean? It's like the more time you spend saying that you're no one and acting as if you're no one and not indulging your inner 
inner life, the more it's going to slip away. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, how they work, is that it's not that you have to be sincere when you say it. It's that you have to be convincing to others when you say it. That's, that's always my interpretation. Yeah, I'd realize like the waif isn't perfect either, and you know, and she's just in training as well, so you don't have to be fully committed, so to speak, to still be well, advancing. Another very minor nitpick about uh, the show, and, and this is not like this is barely even a nitpick as much as something that just occurred to me this time, is that in the show, by having Jock and Hagar be like the guy that she's training under. Um, at at this place when he isn't in the books, um, I think is a good choice for the show, but it also just makes it a little weird to have all this training be so focused on this idea that you never say your name or you can't admit that you even have a name. But he did introduce himself. Like, that's how we know his name is that he told her what his name was. A man's name is Jack and Hagar. <laughs> you know, so, like, maybe that's not his real name, but it's also just kind of it was a thing. And I, I, you know, so the idea that we do actually know his name has this weird sort of undercurrent to the whole idea of the training. Whereas right. in the books during this sequence, we don't have actual proper names for any of the people there. Interesting. Let's jump over to Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Got uh, Boltons and Karstarks ready to shake things up. Um, I yeah. did remember the Karstark name; it was familiar mm-hmm. to me. I didn't necessarily remember what anybody looked like in the uh, you know previous scenes they showed. It locked mm-hmm. it in immediately, but um, yeah. I think I would have known without well, without seeing that. I would have been comfortable. Keep it up. Even from the yeah. perspective of the of the show, from what I was able to see, that dude's not even alive. So, uh, I I think we're breaking up, Nani. But mm-hmm. I, I think she's saying that the guy we see in this scene was not in it before. I, right. I think. Yeah, yeah. What she's saying. Yeah, um, yeah I, I tend to agree, but like this is supposed that's to be what she was son. saying. I think was that this guy wasn't recognized, but he remembered it from the previous. I recognized the, the name yeah. for sure, but yeah, I was just saying well, showing the previously on definitely locked it in, you know, of who they were yeah. immediately. Yeah. Um, this this scene was definitely a big part of what I was talking about when I was saying that the season is not wasting any time. Um, because I, this is kind of like with, uh, Prince Doran getting killed last week. Like, I didn't see this coming because it's just kind of so audacious and moving the, the, the plot forward. Now, I had some quibbles that I, you know, I, I bet I'm not the only one that there was some elements of this that just felt, again, like, it's like, okay, how many more scenes do we need? to show to convince us that Ramsey's a monster. I mean, we kind of know that. We don't really need more examples of just how much of a monster he is necessarily. Although in this case, I feel like what happened is kind of story critical because, first of all, the idea that he felt like he had to get rid of this possible heir seems plot relevant like it mm-hmm. it that that is explicitly why he killed his father is he needed there to not be an heir that could overtake him well yeah it was constantly a threat over his head right and so and specifically the idea 
um, but also the way he did it, I suspect is going to be a problem for him because it's a perfect example of what Roos was saying shortly before all that went down is that like you're going to get a reputation for being a mad dog and people are going to treat you that way. Yeah. The problem is she's a fray. The Freys are one of their, their Bolton's last remaining allied houses. And that was largely on the basis of Roos having taken one of the Freys to be his wife. Right. So now, having killed her and the half-Frey heir to Winterfell, Winterfell, having killed her in a way that cannot possibly be explained as in childbirth or in poison She or was whatever. poisoned by their enemies. And then eaten by the dogs. Yeah. Well, meat is meat. I think the only thing... But the point is, the phrase, if they hear, oh, poisoned? That's super sad. Let's see the body. Oh, we buried her. No. We burned her. No. You think Walter Frey is going to deal with that? No. I think think as awful as it was to have it happen and have a scene where it's feeding... So I don't like the scene... But from a story perspective, I feel like the way he did it will matter because he won't be able to cover it up. Right. Yeah. That makes well, sense. and I think I, I really enjoyed, for obvious reasons, that um, the way that Roos died because of the way he killed Cat Stark. He mm-hmm. was up close, intimate in her face, did it. You know what I mean? And, and, then that was played right back to him by his child, who he's Rob, been manipulating Rob, and stuff. Rob Stark? Yeah, but he, uh, Roos is the one that killed Cat, is what Viv is saying. Isn't he? Roos uh, is the one that killed Rob. Did he, 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 he had gotten his crossbow bolts. No, Cat got her throat slit. Who slit her throat? She slit somebody. She slit the daughter's throat. The other. And, oh, that's right. Okay. And then oh, she that's got right. Her throat slit, and You're I don't right. know. I don't actually know for sure. Oh yeah, they didn't show who. The face of who yeah. did it because it was kind of. It kind was of like a last shot. Yeah. The black yeah. thing, but he definitely was the one that was up in Rob's face and and stabbed him in the gut like that so it was definitely similar to that so yeah. that, that's that's the similar imagery that was totally there yeah i, I was grateful for that though. and it had to be intentionally vague that for that split second nobody yeah. quite knew who stabbed who because <laughs> it could have gone either way i have an air now see ya I was i was like oh my god roos is killing ramsey this is awesome because once he had a sunborn i could see roos doing yeah. that it was just a matter of time. Yeah, it was always well, going to be one or the other, right? Yeah, yeah. I, that was that was like why I was saying that this was why I was thinking this season's not wasting time. It's because I once there is this this air, I was thinking one of them is going to have to kill the other. There is no other way this can go. But I had just assumed that the show was going to drag that out for three or four episodes. But to have it just happen, nope, just bam, right there. Yeah. Um, what I will say is that um, uh, young Lord Carstark uh, is remarkably uh, um, able to tell which way the wind is blowing, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling they had that planned ahead of time, honestly. Yeah. Congratulations, Lord Bolton. Oh, 
Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Well, congratulations, Lord Bolton. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the so I did like the subtleness with the Meister. So they kind of um, reinforced his neutrality in two ways. One is when he says, you know, Ramsey says um, she was poisoned by our enemies, and the Meister mm-hmm. says she was, uh, or, or he was poisoned by, he, and he says he was poisoned by his enemies. Didn't say mm-hmm. our enemies. And yeah. when uh, Lord, uh, when uh, Waldus called down, he said all he said was, "Lord Bolton has sent for you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the new Lord Bolton, or you know, because yeah. he knew what she was walking into, and he's neutral <clears throat> as the Meister and has to just go with it, I guess. But yeah, oof. Like I was saying before, I think that they kind of set the they tried, I think, possibly to lower the the horror level. Because in the previous episode, he had sent his chicky boo to the dogs. Meat is meat, feed the dogs. So, you know, he probably would have ended up, um, he probably threw his dad out to the dogs too. Um, But the thing, you know, it's almost like with the, um, the Red Wedding, it was like, it's bad enough. Did you have to show the little, you know, abortion thing that they gave Rob's wife at it too? That little scramble wasn't necessary. And I felt the same way about that scene because they did not have to show us that baby's face. <laughs> that was completely unnecessary and just made <laughs> it so much horrible, more horrible, so, because you saw his little face for a second. This is the part of the show that I like to call hashtag fuck this show. Because that's really what I felt. A hashtag fuck this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... <sighs> They didn't have to do it. They didn't have to have us hear cries or screams or whatever. They could have just talked about it later, but they did it. And this is a, a story from a viewer and a friend. Um, she is pregnant, and while she was watching that scene, it made her leak. The baby crying made her leak. Mm, yeah. So, mm-hmm. fuck this show. That's that. Oh, and for some reason, Walda looks a lot younger, or looked a lot um, younger. I mean, it's the same actress. I know it is. I just, for some reason, I'm like, oh my god, she looks like I never thought well, of her as like a teenager. But the she perspective looks like a teenager. of when you have the specter of death standing next to somebody, they always look younger. Yeah, uh, I <laughs> except Walter Frey. Fuck him. I mean, honestly, the like the scene is 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 awful. It's horrifying, mm. and I wish that something else had happened because I did certainly didn't enjoy watching it. That said, I think all things considered, I feel like the choice of the method is going to have like plot reasons. Totally. Yeah. Like they, they, and, and I sure hope it does because otherwise I, I don't forgive it as much as I I'm do. I'm still waiting for the payoff um, on the Red Wedding baby murder, so... Well, yeah, you know. I mean, that, I, that, <laughs> yeah. The, there was no story reason for that other than to just make it really clear that there was not going to be a surviving baby, which is... It was, it was shock value in that case. There's no question. And so I... But what I was going to say about this one is, despite it being horrifying in concept, we really didn't see anything. And so, all things considered, it could have been worse. And totally. I'm glad that it wasn't worse, even if it was still awful. Yeah. Um, but I, I can only just hope that, I mean, because I think what 
the show is definitely setting up, and it's just, you know, over the several seasons it's been taking its time getting there, is that ultimately, see, this is where Ramsey has really gone, like, past the point of no return, not from any kind of a moral standpoint, because he crossed that a long time ago, <laughs> but from just the sustainability of his own case here. Because he was only able to get away with so much because Roos was good and controlled and was kind of there to kind of cover stuff up, smooth over the damaged things, say, nope, you can't do it this time, do that, You play your games over there, you can't mess around with this part. Um, here's our strategy, here's what we have to do. No, you can't go attack Castle Black, that's stupid. That's, Ramsey's only been able to get away with stuff for so long because he had Roos covering for him that way. Now that he's killed Roos in a way that, like, even if he gets the Maester to, like, nobody except Lord Karstark and the Maester um, saw with Roos. Right. But everybody in that courtyard saw Walda walking around with this newborn baby. Yeah. And, and probably hear the dogs. screaming from the dogs. Like I'm sure. And there's no not going to be any way. Like the the Freys are going to want to see the body. Yeah. And the, he's not going to be able to cover it up. And so I don't think he's even thinking that far. He's just thinking well, about. I want to. He's not. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, no. Go ahead. What What I'm saying though is that I think that's the point. Is that they're trying to show us his craziness is finally going to bite him in the ass because he's not going to be able to keep covering this up and it's going to make their own people turn on them. Right. And so I guess what his, his opinion is, it doesn't matter. All we need is this core allegiance. We have mm -hmm. the, we have the car Starks, then we're good. He's, I think he said another house, but I don't remember what the name the, was. The Umbers and the Manderleys Umbers are the two others, which at least in, we, we don't know much about them in the show, mm -hmm. but at least in the books, those are two houses that the Boltons are not going to have strong, uh, <laughs> strong uh, support from. Well, so and they're going to have a surprise when they get to Castle Black anyways, because there's a giant there. Those are wildlings there. Those are not brothers, you know, that are not prepared for an attack from the south. They're, they're, they're going to expect attack from every direction. Yeah, so it could they, get interesting if he does go to Castle Black. Yeah, I would love to see him get crushed there by a giant, but <laughs> get sat on by one one. Um, oh, yeah. Taylor um, um, doesn't feel the phrase are going to be affected. She thinks it's more a matter of the Northmen. Um, and her thinking is that the phrase are really far away and they're essentially just control the bridge and like they don't really have any power other than that. Well, but the problem is that by doing all this stuff, attempting this stuff with Sansa, the Boltons made enemies of the Lannisters, yeah. and they're mm -hmm. counting on the phrase to keep the Lannisters from coming north. Because uh, of that river. Yeah, it, uh -huh. all things matter. The, the reason that they're so powerful is because of the twins. Right. And so until he's dead, he's going to hold that power until they get him out of that castle. Yeah, which, that's why was, I just didn't yeah, remember was, what that separated, what the river separated. Right. Mm -hmm. it, that was exactly why it was such a big deal that Rob made that alliance and then broke it. That, yeah. that he felt like he had to do that because they needed, like, yes, they they're just the gatekeepers. Except it's an important gate. It really yeah. makes a difference tactically. And Frey knows it, and he's trying every which way to maneuver and and profit from it as he would. And it's just like I just, God, she was so sweet and so simple and so nice to Ramsay. Mm -hmm. It's just such bullshit. You know, I read an article about how, not to worry, HBO fans, this is going to be the year of the woman. So I guess instead of rapes, now we get 
women fed to dogs. Right. <laughs> Is that the trade yeah. Much well, better, I, I mean, I guess. yeah. It, well, but at this, I, I, it's not like that's a pattern. No. Right, um, right. I'm just well, saying. Yeah. It's fourth, think, third or fourth time on this show, but yeah, but it's not a pattern. About the, what we are looking at in terms of the pattern is that we've got Arya, who's going to continue her training, Sansa, who I think is getting in, put into a, a situation where she's going to be able to do some cool stuff. Cersei is going to try to take her control back. Um, you know, And then uh, Yara, too, uh, which we haven't yeah, really we right. gotten back around to Pike yet. But, Should be uh, last, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that there's there's lots of women trying to do their thing, and then you know Brienne, of course, is still d- doing their thing, and who knows uh, if we're gonna actually even go back to Dorne because you know the Sand Snakes and Dorne were no shows this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's gonna be sad if they don't. Um, Paulette <laughs> Castle Black has something else: a hungry direwolf. Ramsay gets yes. along with dogs, right? Ramsay meet ghost. <laughs> Oh, meet M E A T Ramsey. So, a little further north, somewhere on the road to Castle Black, presumably, um, they're catching Sansa up, and they basically say, you know, that this is a race to Castle Black. If if we get there first, we'll be protected, and uh, learn that Theon is not going to go with them. He's going home. Yeah, that's. Uh... A surprising decision. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I don't really object to it necessarily. I'm way, willing to see what they're going to do with the story, but I didn't quite buy it. I, mm. I it, well, okay, I take it back. I don't buy it for the reasons he said. Okay, that that they can um, protect him better, protect her better well, than he could. I think and... that that's true. But I think that what it is is it's more like it's it, it's one thing if she needed him. So it's like to some extent it's what he said, but that's not a reason that he has to leave. You know what I mean? Right, like it's right. It's good. Yeah, Brienne can protect her Sansa even better than he could. That's true, but that's not a reason that he has to leave. Yeah. So why is he leaving? Well, I think it's honestly because he – like like he it, it it's like too it, he doesn't want to be faced with people who know what he did and are either going to try to pretend that it didn't happen or like he doesn't even really want forgiveness mm-hmm, i don't right. think yeah, and so clearly. to have to be navigating that touchy scenario of well do they forgive me or do they really mean it and that that sort of uh that sort of uncertainty is he can't bear it like you know who hates me who doesn't hate me the people who say they don't hate me do they mean it like that sort of uncertainty whereas at least if he goes back to pike he's just like yeah everyone's gonna hate me there so right. <laughs> um, i i agree with that completely um Theon doesn't want forgiveness. He doesn't want to be saved. He doesn't want to be redeemed. Um, and I think there's something really beautiful about that. Like, yeah. yeah, I did bad things. And, yeah, I did a couple of good things, but that doesn't erase the things that I did wrong. Yeah. And I don't care what any of you say. When I betrayed Rob, I started all of this. And... Yeah. uh 
you know, and 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 mm-hmm. punishing himself. And I think it's neat. Taken, he's been actively taken, watching. He's yeah. been actively watching Sansa get raped and all these horrors happening to her. And it's like I think you know the simplicity of his childhood with the Starks. Obviously, the way things have turned out, even as poignant as the moment he and Sansa had that was so powerful and I just wanted him to stay with her because I felt like she would protect him now mm-hmm. but it was also Yara is at home and Yara is of his blood understands the 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 throat slitting nature of the ironborn and loves him she proved that how many times yeah. did she try to rescue him that's like the one home I think is more Yara than right. home because home is where his dad is you know Yara's home and that's all he's ever really wanted was to go home so it's it's it, it made sense to me that that was where he wanted to go although I was worried about him before you know the excitement <laughs> right <laughs> and I hadn't thought about her, um, Sansa leaving Winterfell how that's going to affect Littlefinger's plans and I mean we haven't heard from him for a while he's been floating out there somewhere but presumably I don't know it's I it's gonna I, matter I when the, he shows up again yeah 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 so we got the feeling that he didn't necessarily want to leave her there but this was the yeah. part she had to play for now am I remembering right that the reason he left Winterfell was because Cersei specifically sent for him and he wasn't prepared to basically let it be known yet what he was doing. I think so. And so he went back to talk to her. But did he actually show up there? I don't remember now where that was all left. Did he talk to Cersei? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't remember where he's supposed to be now. Is he supposed to be on his way back, or did he actually meet up with her? I don't I... remember now. I think because we talked about like what he might say about yeah. what he's been doing and whether he was with Sansa or something, but I don't remember. Yeah, I think I remember him meeting with Cersei, and then he obviously met with other people and and had given, um, presumably given what uh, not Ramsay, but the not. Uh, I was gonna say Lancel, but not Lancel. But the the young guy, the young the young whore at the brothel, gave him essentially to the High Sparrow, right? To uh, to trap Loras. And I don't know that he said where he was going after that. Yeah, he's hanging out there somewhere. But Dan, I guess we'll see. Or I'm, not? I'm Who knows? Maybe we'll forget about him. Maybe they'll forget. Um. Let's see. Uh, okay, so basically the last time we saw him is when he double-crossed Cersei because um, he... So Marjorie and Loras had been arrested because of uh, Olivar, the prostitute who worked for Littlefinger. Right. And so then when Olena, um, when he's talking to Olena, um, basically Olena says, if Marjorie and Loras go down, I will tell the queen that you were involved with Joffrey's murder. And so he doesn't want that. So what he says is, 
I will give you Olivar, right? Basically, and that's how Cersei gets arrested. Right. That's the last time we saw him. So, what's he up to now? <clears throat> to say, although it seems like the last action we saw him take was choosing sides. Um, so, well, we'll see. Hmm. I definitely want to know what he's up to. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, last place we visit Pike, which had been quite a while. Um, similar to Marine, it's the Iron Islands have kind of slid back. They've lost everything. Everything they gained on land has been taken back by the actual armies. Go mm-hmm. figure. They're they have a great navy, but nothing else. <laughs> And it certainly seems like Papa Pike's gone a little mad. Just, you know, we'll attack them because I say it, you know, like there was a war, they're back. What's the point? Mm. We're going to lose everything if we keep pushing so hard. Right. Um, He's another guy that needs a king over him. He seems like he's like a follower, except he won't listen to women like his (laughs) super intelligent daughter. (laughs) When I was watching this, um, I can I kept thinking, is the only reason why Balon is still alive and didn't die in season three just so that they can avoid having the whole King's Moot thing? Yes. I think think it was to delay the religious aspect and the King's Moot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I think it it is, at least as far as the way the show is is moving the plot along, I think it actually does fit better here than it would if they had tried to do it when it happened contemporaneously in the show. It did lead to some weirdness, just namely, you know, like uh, Melisandre's spell going unfulfilled for so long. Mm. Um, But uh, I am excited because, you know, again, this this is incorporating stuff that happens in the books with one storyline, but with stuff that we don't know because it's beyond the books in other storylines. Right. Here's my theory, only based on what we've seen in the show, is that Theon is going to return to Pike and become Yara's advisor as she pursues the throne in the King's Mood. Um, brief aside, I don't know why they changed the sea stone chair to the salt throne. That seems like a weird change to me, but whatever. Yeah. Um, He's going to uh, advise her, in particular, giving her additional detail about here's the state of where everybody's at right now, and maybe this is why we don't want to mess around with that. And maybe what we want to do instead is find somewhere where our fleet of ships will be useful. Gosh, who else on this show just recently had a fleet burn? (laughs) Hmm. Interesting. I like where you're going. I like where you're going with this. Uh, one thing that I want to say that I really dug about this is this is dealing with sp- there's speculation in the book that something had happened, mm-hmm. um, but the way that it's reported is there there was a storm and the bridge broke free right. while Balon was on it and he washed ashore two days later. Right. And so it's seen as natural occurrence, but there are people who are like, really? So Balon, he uh, he, he he went away in a storm? 
of that castle. Like it, it was just really his hard to life, believe yeah. <laughs> that he had been going his whole life over these treacherous passes, and that he'd be washed away in a storm, mm-hmm. and that these these passes had been up forever, and that well, it would just go away. And there's actually there's there's a a, a quote here. Um, and I, I don't want to start it too soon, so let's see. Uh, uh, you know what? Never mind. I can't find the quote. Oh, here it is. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know how Pike's built on headland and part on the rocks on the islands off the shore with the bridges in between? The way I heard it in Lordsport, there was a blow coming in from the west, rain and thunder, and old King Balin was crossing one of them bridges when the wind got hold of it and just tore the thing to pieces. He washed up two days later, all bloated. This isn't it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not the quote oh, I no. meant to do. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forget me. That's all right. You guys talk. I'll look for my quote. But the, the other thing that made the whole thing suspicious is that his brother, Euron, Crow's Eye, um, uh, who had uh, been at sea in unknown locations for years and years and years, literally shows up the day after Balon dies. And yeah. everyone's like, that seems yeah. fishy. <laughs> fishy. All I know is I loved seeing Yara and uh, you know the ferocity, the ferociousness of her, and still the nobleness of character that she has, and and it just first it really struck me this week. I didn't notice it ever before in previous seasons, and it may just be because the actress has grown. Mm-hmm. Um, she's no longer as young, but Mira and Yara are so similar to me. Not just not not specifically in looks, but it's like, you know what I mean. Their passion. They'll mm-hmm. they'll grab a knife. They'll do whatever has to be done, and they don't really know what to do when they're not doing something. They're kind of they can't can't sit and twiddle their thumbs. You know, they're like yeah. women of action and stuff. So I really I really enjoyed seeing that similarity between them, even though, you know, it's because of bad things <laughs> happening to them. <laughs> Um, so I, I found my quote, by the way, and uh, it's the mysterious ghost of High Heart, and this is told to the brothers Brotherhood Without Banners about um, her prophetic dream. I dreamt of a man without a face, waiting on a bridge that swayed and swung. On his shoulder perched a drowned crow with seaweed hanging from his wings. So the whole nonsense of um, Euron returning shortly after his brother's death and then this prophecy is really what fueled everyone to believe, well, Euron had a faceless man kill him, but we never actually got confirmation. Mm-hmm. And in the show, they're like, oh, yeah, definitely murder. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, it, it's a better story that way. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, well, and um, visually, you're not going to do everything with hearsay, right? right? Well, so, hey, he's a pirate. Uh, okay, I, what I was going to say now, I'm like torn in two different directions. One <laughs> is, is to follow up with what Viv was talking about with Yara and Yara being cool. Um, uh, one of the things that I'm really pumped for is in the books, the, you know, the character is named Asha, A- mm-hmm. A-S-H-A, and presumably she's changed to Yara because her name was similar to Osha and so on. But in the books, where Yara becomes an awesome badass character is the king's mood. And that whole sequence. Yeah. That's when she starts being awesome. And But we don't want to spoil that, anything. That, uh, that's all I'll say about it. But the problem, so what was a little frustrating for that character in the show is they had delayed that whole storyline. 
and they had to come up with other stuff for her to do, and that just made the whole thing feel a little bit strange. Like, who is she? Because at least our perception from the books of who she is was largely defined on a story that they weren't doing yet. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful for that to be cool in in the show too. Um, so that's clearly something big because when the moment he said it in the show, I get a squee from my left. Ooh, Kingsmoon, Kingsmoon, Kingsmoon. Kingsmoon. Oh, looking at a Triwizard, like Triwizard tournament here. <laughs> I didn't get that excited. I got more excited for the Kingsmoon for the reasons that Christiana just explained. I was also, though, excited. This was the other thing I was tempted to say earlier is I'm – Euron is so different than I imagined him, and mm-hmm. yet I found him really compelling. Yeah. Um, because, first of all, he looks way younger, which, A, could be true anyway. He could just be a much younger brother. That does happen. Theon's um, a much younger brother than um, the brothers who passed. Right. But And, and so that it could be that, but it could also be that, like, he looks younger than he should, maybe, because mm. there's something going on. Um, and, uh, so I, so I liked that, but then also just the idea that, you know, he, on the one hand, he sounds very lucid, but on the other hand, the things he's saying are kind of bananas. Right. You know, I am the drowned god. Yeah. And it's like, I heard your men had to tie you to the mast to keep you from going overboard. And he's like. Yep. Yep. They did. <laughs> and I cut their tongues out because uh-huh. I needed some silence. Yeah. As you do. Yeah. And, and I'm and the then, storm. And in that whole thing, the wind is blowing, and we see Balon, who does this all the time, having to oh, hang on to the ropes and stuff. And, and uh, um, Euron's just doing this thing. He's just got neither hand is on one of the ropes, and he's just riding the bridge like it's nothing and, and laughing at Balon about it. And it's just like, this guy's got some weird mixture of hot and creepy going on. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know if it was the age thing, but he looks more like Theon than Balon does to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm intrigued by how they're going to handle this character. Um, I do we, okay. This, this is not really spoiler except for character names. Do we know, have they also cast Victorian or are they just leaving out? I'm Victorian? not looking at all at the casting. I, I just want, I don't want any, like I said, I don't know. I don't know if Nutty knows. I, I purposefully tried to keep my eyes off, but a mm. quick Google search of Euron Greyjoy uh, gives me a people also searched for Victoron Greyjoy. So I'm going to click that and see if there are images of a person. And not spoil I'm anything. Not, no, no spoilers. <laughs> I'm only seeing fan art. Yeah, I kind of hope that they don't, just because I don't think it's really necessary to have both. I, um, although I, I can I just say, uh, someone thinks that uh, they did a Photoshop manipulation. They really think Mads Mikkelsen would make a great Victor on, and I have yeah. to agree. I yeah, I agree. If they were gonna, <laughs> they're gonna cast him. But my, my guess is, just in the interest of simplifying the story, that they'll they'll just have Euron kind of take the place of both of those characters. Is my yeah. guess. Agreed. Yeah, um, that that would follow what they've been doing so far with characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't remember yeah, him so. ever talking about brothers or anything before. So 
Uh, well, yeah, I mean, like none of this came up until I, it was it was in book three, but um, it was, uh, you know, so that's why it's it's that far delayed, you know, in the show, is that it would have been happening contemporaneously with Rob dealing yeah. with his alliance to the phrase yeah. and it made all more that it, stuff. in the book. I think it made a little more sense why Stannis felt threatened by the Greyjoys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it was the War of the Five Kings, right? And Balon was one of them. Yeah, but Balon wasn't really doing anything the way Joffrey and Rob and all the other kings were. But it, but Stannis' whole thing was that he was the rightful heir. Like, he was the only one that really deserved it. And so anyone that was out there saying that, no, I'm going to be my own king, I don't No, I understand him. that. I, I, but, I totally get it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no kings but me. <laughs> so they bury Balon, and apparently there will be some sort of. I, my notes I put. Apparently there will be some sort of council to select the next king. Because mm-hmm. I think king's mood. I think of an intimate. I think of just people coming together and chatting it out. You know. Yeah. Um, ben, I guess we know who's going to show up to surprise Yara. I'm, I'm presumably the uncle would show up, um, though. Like you say, clearly it doesn't make sense to have the king die and then suddenly have the brothers. It's so convenient. Here's, right. here's the thing, though. Before Euron actually showed up, I thought maybe they were going to have Yara kill him. Certainly, the way their last oh, conversation yeah. had she gone, had daggers in her eyes. Was gonna, I thought it was going to be Yara that was going to just kill Balon and just say, "Look, I got to take charge here. Yep. He's not, you know, he's going to ruin us." Um, and so, and, and the, the idea that she might've done it specifically with this expectation of, I don't have to deal with the King's mood. He, I'm, I'm his heir, therefore, which certainly seems to already be her expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but I was interested. So what do you guys think there on the beach? Certainly she's talking to the, uh, drowned priest. I don't know if, so in the books, she has another uncle, the, known as the damp hair who is a drowned priest and the guy talks like that's who it is but they don't say that it, he's her uncle well I think we met him before when Theon went back to oh you might be right because they, they did the whole CPR thing didn't they am I just I, making that up in my memory maybe I think that that might have been a case too though where we saw a drowned priest that they didn't say one way or the other whether it was him or not I, that's I, I may yeah, be mistaken. But I, I have had no impression there's any relationship happening. Now that said, that the way this guy talked though made me think he's going to be a character, not not just like so. Even if he is just a drowned priest and not her uncle, who is a drowned priest, um, he seems like he's going to be an ongoing character because he's the one that I guess seems like he's the one that decides that. Oh, guess what, King's Moot. You know, you say you err? <laughs> nope. King's Moot. Yeah. Maybe you'll win. In, in the books, was it that he was calling for the King's Moot so that Asha could be placed on the throne? Or was he doing it to prevent her? Because in the in the show, it seems like he's trying to prevent her. Yeah, I think it was to prevent her because, um, not that it was necessarily obvious, because I think what happened in the books is that Euron shows up, suspicious timing, and basically just marches in and sits down on the throne and says, all right, it's me now. And right. everyone's like, wait a minute. 
what's going on here. And then the idea that it's they're going to actually do a Kingsmoot in the books is like this sort of like, like nobody's done a Kingsmoot in hundreds of years. It doesn't uh -huh. work like that anymore. But because now the succession is all complicated, you know, like in principle, Asha, Yara was Balon's heir, except that nobody, you know, like, will people really follow a woman? Uh, maybe not. Euron, okay, well, could be him, except that's suspicious. We think maybe he killed Balon. Um, also, he's not been around for a while. We don't know what he's doing. So there's a lot going on. Um, and so the King's Moot is kind of this, it's not this expected ritual. It was, we've got to do something to figure this out, even if it means dusting off the old uh, law books and <laughs> doing this thing we haven't done in a long time. Yeah, um, I But I definitely agree, in the show it feels like, you know, it's maybe more expected, but that he definitely, he's not interested in having her be <laughs> the one. I, I looked it up, that. by the way, and who we saw in season two was confirmed to not be the damn fair. Hmm. So. Damn fair? See, like, why would it be damn fair and not damp hair? Damp hair makes literal sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not the damp, damp hair, hair or the damp hair. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> we know um, I can't pronounce things, so. No, no, it's funny. I just, You're not the only person I've heard say it like that, but that one is just one where I could see it go either way. And, like, literally, it could be spelled that way, except it just feels like. Yep. Damp hair makes sense <laughs> in this country. So I didn't really get a want her or don't want her from that conversation. I got a just slow your roll. And it didn't, it did seem like, of course mm -hmm. there would be a King's mood. It, it seemed like yeah. a, it didn't seem like something that hasn't happened in a long time to me. It seemed like a, just slow your roll. We're going to follow yeah. policy. We're going to follow protocol. Well, I didn't really yet, get a judgment from it. I, I agree in the sense that if we're going just by his line, but at the same time, like, she clearly did not expect that to happen. Right. So uh, I feel I like... I thought it was just was checking her, just a reminder. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I but wonder I we'll what see. Theon returning, would, change, would that change anything other than... I don't know. They know he can't have an heir, so I don't know how that would really... Well, I definitely think he... I don't think he would could even really be considered for being in the spot but nor would he seek it i don't think at this point you know like even the inability to have an heir he's just not necessarily temperamentally suited for it anymore right um or ever but uh um it actually yeah. just occurs to me too though that like my my whole theory about um the fleet going off to marine um it that doesn't have to mean that yara you know, would would send it that way because Euron is actually he's the one that's been at sea and might be more likely to know what's going on over there. So that might be his idea. Yep, and um, the whole thing about not being able to produce an heir, I mentioned this before, but this growing thing about various characters not being able to produce heirs either physically or because of oaths they take, uh, it 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 it. It seems like a trend, and I don't know what it means, but it's something that I've I've definitely been noticing because it's like, uh, you know, Danny, you want to get the Iron Throne, but you can't have kids. So what happens when you die? You know, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know. I'm just mentioning it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it means, but I think it's important. Well, and then we even have John, who's not king precisely, but you know, mm -hmm. Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, and certainly there's lots going on there. But his 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 oath 
as a brother of the Night's Watch says he can't have kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, trying and to... And who think. knows what resurrection does. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other Erection. thing is that we, you know... <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, what so? What is everybody's theory about? Like, what what's John like when he wakes up? Is he? Is he I think he'll be like Don Darian. He'll be he'll be normal. Oh, yeah. Was was Don Darian normal though? He yeah, he was. He well, he he, he was consistent normal, on the show. Yeah, he had his memories. He had his personality. He didn't seem to be like a zombie or. You know, well, okay. I, I, I guess I, I don't understand what the difference is. Oh, what I may mean be loony. to say is we, <laughs> d- we didn't know him before. Right. Yeah, we right. can't compare. We don't um, know if he was changed by the experience, but I don't think right. they implied at all that he had been changed. He's, well, I don't mean changed necessarily in like, oh, he's like a demon in human form now or something. I What I mean is that what he said was that he sort of felt less himself every time. Like he lost right. something in the process every time. Mm-hmm. Right. And that makes sense. But I think that the guys with him would have said, oh, he's totally different. Or, you know. I don't think they would have said a single thing. They, they uh, idolize him. He is their mascot. I mean, mm. the reason they continue doing everything is because dude, this guy keeps rising from the dead. We must be doing the right thing. So even if they have doubts, they're not going to say a thing. Paulette just essentially said, didn't his watch end until death end my watch? If John was dead, Ah. his watch ended, right? (laughs) That's kind of like a technicality, though. I, I, I love that idea, but I also just sort of feel like... I don't think John would see it that way. Yeah, in any kind of a moral sense, I, I don't think that it's like, oh, well. Now, the fact that um, it was his own Brothers of the Night's Watch that killed him, that might be a reason to, <laughs> to break your oath. <laughs> um, but at I, the same time, he's got other brothers now in yeah, his back. Who, who fought really hard for him, so it gives mm-hmm. him even more reason. Um, I think that John is not back like normal human whatever I think there's something I don't know what it is um, I've long suspected that John would come back in a similar form that Cold Hands uh, did which is a character from the books who looks normal but isn't and and many people suspect is risen from the dead but not a white doesn't have, have the eyes or anything else um but yeah, I I think that John is something in between, and I'm not sure exactly what I. I'm I'm just gonna go with the whole he was warged into ghost and and so his sanity is his own. But I definitely think the whole I'm a little bit less each time, like Beric Dondarrion said. Uh, yeah, I think I think there's something to that. So and I probably don't expect him to be able to have children in a state of somewhere in between. No. Well, we'll see. I feel like we're missing a plot line, but I can't think what it would have been. No, I've been Xing out. We've hit every area. Okay, yeah, I guess so. uh, Maybe it's just that I was sort of missing that we didn't have anything from Danny in this episode. Mm, True. Yeah. Not Dario or Jorah either. Nope. Yep, yep. 
I'll have to wait for next week to do the scale check. <laughs> Did we have any feedback that we didn't cover? Um, there were some things from last episode, but I think we pretty well covered everything. Like okay. nothing, nothing jumped out that was particularly unique. Yeah, we have uh, ratings. Yes, ratings for this episode. Does anybody have one? I have one. Go ahead. From what, something I saw of a theme from this. I mean, there was the home theme. Obviously, a couple people mentioned home, but uh, I am giving it going to give it ten out of ten. Characters feeling useless. Nice. It's like every other scene opened or started with somebody feeling totally useless. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it uh, nine out of ten. Dreams of Dragons. Um, I I feel like there there were there were parts of the episode that were worth a ten, and then there were other parts that brought it back down to nine. That's just how I felt about <laughs> it. But nine yeah. still pretty good. Yeah. And Viv, do you have a rating for this episode or and or I have them for episode? both. Excellent. So my rating for last week is a nine point oh because they didn't show me brand. Damn it. And this week it's a 9.75 for the unnecessary brutality of Lady Walda and the wee Bolton Bairn. Nice. And I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 hashtag fuck this show. (laughs) (laughs) Would have gotten a 10 without that scene uh, because the dragons and direwolves and John resurrection would have been enough to make me crazy. (laughs) I think I I don't think I've given the disclaimer this season yet that my my rating scale is actually they all start at nine, and so what mm-hmm. I'm giving is what the decimal point is. So to me, this was a full on ten, and you know the last one was essentially a nine point eight. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did eight. Um, but yeah, the you know we we critique because what you know that's what we're gonna do. But they all mm-hmm. are essentially nitpicks, pretty small, oh, yeah. in the grand scheme yeah. of things. <laughs> well, it's all within the perspective of a show that we love enough to have been doing a podcast for it. Right, for absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Viv actually brought our rating for last episode up by three oh, percent. Nice. Yes. So uh, we were 8 out of 10 last episode, and we are 8.3 out of 10 for last episode. This episode, we are 9.4 out of 10. All right. Cool. Do we have any other business? Any other? I think that covers it all. So we're on a regular schedule next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll be streaming. This will come out in podcast form the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, we will have some Balticon news very soon. Um, things are, there was a little slow going, but things are shaping up as far as the, the um, scheduling for Balticon and everything that's going on. So we're going to have some great news um, coming with our participation there. If you're going to be Memorial Day weekend in Baltimore Inner Harbor, Absolutely. Look us up. We'll have stuff on the website when it gets closer of exactly what we're going to be doing, where we're going to be. I'd like to thank everybody who checked in with us in the Q&A app. This is very cool. And everybody else, 
get send in more feedbacks, more entries for our $50 Amazon or iTunes, whatever you prefer, gift card at the end of the season for um, interacting with us. It's really great to be able to hear from everybody. That's going to do it for us for this week. We'll talk to you next week. If you have feedback for the Beyond the Wall podcast, you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a comment on the website. Go to specficmedia.com where you'll find a shiny BTW button that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0, Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it.